Told my teacher, dumb bitch, I'm gonna get millions. Watch this. In the project living. Damn. Spoke it till existence. Voila. More change than 50. Got more cars than Diddy. Oh, I only weigh 180, but my watch cost 250. Quarter. What's up, guys? This is Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realists. Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society, and welcome to motherfucking reality. Guys, today we have a special show because... Vaughn, the pastor of disaster, decided he made a team decision here. And I got to explain it to you. So we brought in lunch for the whole crew. We got this little place in town called Pischetti's. It is fucking amazing. Pischetti's sponsor me. You should. Been going there my whole life. We got Sal here. Sal, tell him about Pischetti's. Pischetti's is one of those places that God invented himself, and he happened to pass it on to the Brandon family, and the Brandon family's done a phenomenal job of representing God's uh, taste buds. Yes, it is It and, is Jesus's taste buds. And they, it's a proven they, fact. I they, read about it. And they have also uh, have a very significant role in the obesity of the Frisella family. No, <laughs> there is no question. This is a place you go to, and... You feel so good when you eat it, and you feel so guilty afterwards, and you don't give a fuck. No, it's kind of like worth you, it. You know, like the analogy—I don't know if analogies or the, whatever the where they say you smoke a cigarette after good sex. This is like the fucking. This is what I would do after sex. I want to eat pischettis because it's so fucking. <laughs> yeah, good. and then like you want to lay there and kind of bask in your fatness. <laughs> There's like, a story, dude, that Randy Johnson and it's a. I don't know if it's a myth or legend or whatever fuck it is that Randy Johnson used to, after he pitched, he gets so fucked up that he would sit there. In his in his hotel room after he uh, pitched, and he would watch TV, and he would put ketchup on his chest so he could dip the fries out of it and eat it. Hey man, that's, that's a how good I, move. Yeah, I know, but that's how I think of Pischetti's in bed. Yeah, you know? like maybe I just set it right here on my chest and yeah. let it rock. <laughs> so, dude, so Vaughn goes back and checks out the the little spread we got back there, the eight hundred and seventy seven dollar spread. Eight ninety seven. Eight ninety seven. I'm sorry. Sal, Sal asked me, he's like, man, what'd you order for Pischetti? He's like, I dinged on my Amex. <laughs> so, that was just for you, right? I said I was hungry. <laughs> dude, my Amex was, I looked at it, I was like, how the fuck do you even spend that much money on Pischetti's? <laughs> so, dude, so uh, Vaughn goes back there and he's like, man, if I eat this, I'm, I'm not going to be sharp for the show. So, you know, we don't want Vaughn to have a little gluten hangover and, you know, have, really more the dairy. Yeah, really bro. Dairy. I mean, Dairy's look, with Knox, man. Uh, we really appreciate you making that team's decision for I, the quality hey of the man. show. I, you know, I'm, a tampon I'm put, fixes that. I'm, I'm fixes what? Your whatever you, it is. The problem that you have. Oh, you yeah. should just you can rub a tampon on it. You'd be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. But you know, there's a actually a Pizgetti's. Man, you ever open a tampon and look at it? I, I mean, I would, I'd, be li- I'd be lying to you if I said no. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I remember opening one of them one time and looking at it. I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? I remember seeing one come out of Harry's like, butt one time. You understand, I hope you women out there understand how confusing tampons are to men. <laughs> like, I look at that thing and I'm like, how the fuck does this work? Like, it's got like a tube and a, it looks like a mouse inside the tube. And then like, is I that, don't, is it, you don't know how it works? Is that? No, I fucking never did one. I never handled one of those. <laughs> Dave's over here laughing like he's a fucking expert. He at probably it. is, <laughs> dude. When I was in high school, I had to go through the line. My mom wanted here me to get go. a big bo- big box of tampons for her. Yeah. And I'm like, Mom, I can't do this. She's like, Nobody's even gonna notice. So of course, I get this big box. I go through the line. What happens? It doesn't ring up. So what do they do? They get on the phone, and to everybody, it's like, We need a price check on, of tampons on Bond Seven. <laughs> it was, and then of course, they read your address. Yeah, like all the yeah. So it was pretty. Pretty embarrassing. But oh yeah. man! So what's been going on, bro? Dude, 
I, I gotta be honest with you. You ever had moments in your life where you just kind of step outside your life and you like kind of look around and you just you just feel like something big is gonna happen, like something big. Yeah, man. Dude, I'm having that. I'm having that lately. Usually I don't know I what have it is. That, like right before a yeah, right before a bowel movement. No. Oh, like you know. Get a little excited there, you know, in the shorts. I know something big is going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you have a you have a great penchant for turning anything in that direction. Oh fuck, you know? dude, I'm yeah. the best. You, yeah, yeah. But no, man, I just I I don't know what it is. I'm not uh, I mean, you and I have had some good conversations. The yeah, exactly. <laughs> you and I have had some good conversations lately, but I just feel like uh, I don't know. I feel like something something really momentous is going to happen soon. Oh, yeah, bro. And I'm not sure what it is, but oh. we got we got a lot of cool stuff dude. coming down the pike, dude. You know and, what? Uh, I had a good talk with our uh, with our team next door yesterday. Yeah, I was walking through the office. And, dude, I can feel, like, because we're going through a big transition here at First Form. You know, we're moving into a huge building, uh, state-of-the-art, you know, top-notch. And, dude, we're overcrowded here. I mean, it's fucking packed. Uh, it's it's uncomfortable for everybody. And um, we started talking. I, you know, I sat down with the guys, and I said, you know, I know you, because I can sense their frustration, you know. We started talking. I said, I know you guys are frustrated, and things are getting stressful in that, but it's just like we used to talk about on the MSCEO project, man. Those times when things are like really fucking hard is right. It literally is in my whole life right before shit gets really fun. Yeah. Like every single time. Yeah. So like, you know, we've been working hard on a bunch of projects and, Yeah. you know, the guys here and the companies have been, I mean, dude, it's, <clears throat> it's kind of weird because the timing's all coming together. Yeah. 2020 is going to be crazy. Yeah, for a lot of the stuff we got going on in the last half of 2019. I mean, obviously it was good. You would agree that it was good, but obviously there was some there was some anxiety. There was some like, I mean, you went through all sorts of really yeah. terrible things. Yeah, you know, it was, uh, but it was definitely 2019 was a uh, was it not was was a one of those lessons warm years. up. <laughs> yeah, fuck, yeah, yeah. 2018 was practice. 2019 was warm up. 2020 is a real fucking deal, motherfuckers. We're getting it. <laughs> Did you make that up yourself, bro? <laughs> oh man. But, uh, but yeah, dude, I feel you, man. No, yeah. It yeah. just it feels uh this is a really, really overused word, but it feels epic. Like something feels epic about lately. I don't know what it is. I'm glad but, uh, you feel that way because I feel like the last six months I've been getting kicked in the fucking balls. Yeah, but, but isn't that? But but, don't but, you but feel I like feel you're that way too. To the end of the tunnel there. Yeah, no. but, yeah. but I also no, I, I don't. You're so full of shit. I swear, I feel like I'm getting shot in fucking every direction. But I feel like the life is like that. That you just you just get uh, put through the grinder, and then all of a sudden something happens where it's like, wow. I've learned this dude, is to hunker down, keep your head down, and keep yeah. Moving. Keep, keep moving, fucking man. moving. That's yeah. it. It really is that. It's yeah. it's just keep fucking moving. Like, I think that's a big delusion that people have about like their own selves. I think a lot of when I talk to a lot of people and we talk about you know, hey, how you doing? Blah blah blah. Fuck, man, I feel like I'm just getting hit with thing after thing after thing, bro. <laughs> welcome to the fucking club, right? You know, it ain't. It's like that for everybody. Like the you know when you look out there and you see people living a life that you want to live, those motherfuckers are dealing with the same kind of shit. Right. It's just the way it goes, right? And that's something I think people forget. You know, I mean, dude, you've heard it in ministry for years and years and years. Why does God hate me? Right. God right. hates me. Why does He right. hate me? God doesn't hate you, motherfucker. This is just a big test. Like, what are you? What are you willing to overcome? What are you willing to work through? What are you willing to press on through? You know, and and the people who live fulfilling lives that matter, and I'm not talking just financially in every way, 
those people are do exactly what Sal just said. Put their fucking heads down and they push. They push and they push. And th- and when they don't want to push, guess what they do? Push harder. They push harder. Yeah. And that's the difference. It and, really is the separator. And and you know, we've talked about this before, but I think the thing that you really I think if you're paying attention, the thing that you really come to understand when you start getting up there in years a little bit is you're gonna make it. It's gonna be fine. Yeah. Like you're you're gonna take the blows and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna experience all sorts of bad stuff, but you're gonna be fine. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna press on. Like yeah. we've talked about this. As before. long as you don't like, fucking stop. Yeah, as long as you don't stop, as long as you don't give up, like literally just press over. on. Yeah, or fuck yeah. people over. That's right. Yeah. No, it, it's it's true and, and uh I we've said this a thousand times on a podcast. It's it's there are very few things in life you can't bounce back from, death being probably the only one. Yeah. You know your own death. Your own death. Right. Yeah. But uh, no, but, but I'm uh, coming back from that shit too, motherfuckers. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Well, I'm gonna be too. like the invisible man in the fucking lady shower. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we, uh, you and I both have been watching a, a show on Netflix called Messiah. Yeah, it's, it's not about Andy. You've been watching that too, right? Oh, you watched yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, I finished it. Did you watch it? I, I actually ended up, you told me about it, I ended up watching the whole season. It's a good show. Yeah, yeah, it's really very, interesting. Very, very rarely do I like turn something on Netflix and think, man, this is worth watching. Yeah, but it's very it's very compelling, and we'll get into, I mean, we'll get Which, into it. by the way, dude, I found a show last night when I was, when I because I text Tyler last I night. I came home and you had Netflix on your TV. Yeah. Like the, I saw the logo. Yeah, so <laughs> so I text Tyler last night, like 7 o'clock. I just wanted to fucking have a, basically a normal night, and I'm like, hey, bro, what's good to watch? And he fucking lists off all this shit. And, and I couldn't help but think, how the fuck do you know, as hard as you work, how do you know all those shows are so good? <laughs> I'm a multitasker. <laughs> <laughs> he knew all about them. Anyway, I'm, I'm just teasing. I've been I'm alive for 34 years. <laughs> Listen, I always ask Tyler what the good shows are because he really does know. Yeah. And uh, I did find one, though. That Narcos Mexico show. Have you seen it? Pre- I have not seen that it's one. It's pretty good. Narcos is the original no, Narcos. A Narcos, Narcos Mexico. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's good. I started watching it. I, haven't I watched started that watching it. I haven't the, stopped. Uh, Tyler, I got a question. Though. How many times have you walked by his window when you're going in there and instead of the Netflix banner, have you seen the Pornhub banner? No, or- dude, that goes on my phone. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah. his you first rodeo. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I watched the first couple episodes of Narcos, the original Narcos. I actually have a theory. I actually think that dude, what what was his name again? Uh, what the, was his name again? Oh, what is his Pablo Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar. <laughs> I actually think... El Padrino? <laughs> I actually think that ta- Pablo Escobar was more evil than Hitler, but he just didn't have the power to hurt as many people as Hitler did. Like, I think he's worse. What do you mean? It's the opposite. I mean, he, well, I mean, in his game, like, he was... Like, pre- I think if well, he had the same... Consider him the Robin if he Hood. had the same think, power... Do you think there's degrees the evil? Yeah, I do actually. You do. Yeah, I think that I think I think you I think some people I, everybody's capable of doing some sort of evil, but I think that there are certain people who cultivate it but more in their you, lives. So, I don't think there is. I think there's evil and the evil is fucking evil. Well, like, here's I mean, what I'm I guess, saying. Here's why I, mean, I think they can justify it. Well, I mean, well, I mean stealing a stealing a toy from, you That's know. That's not evil. That's well, a it's, lesson. It's well, it's it, break you could argue that breaking the law, it's wrongdoing, that, okay? But so, evil is not have to do with man's law. What are you talking about? Evil is like an intent. What's the definition of evil, Tyler? Google it. Evil, to me, is like the intent to do something harmful. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not breaking a law. You know what I mean? Right. That's how I look at it. Profoundly immoral and wicked. 
Okay, profoundly, profoundly immoral, immoral and wicked. wicked. Yeah. So do you on that, on, think, on, do you on, think no, no, no. I don't think. I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is, I think there's di- there's di- different levels of immorality, and yes, I think there's there's a difference about doing something that's simply an immoral act, and then something doing something that's actually profoundly evil. Obviously, there's a difference between murdering someone and stealing a toy from the mall. Yeah. Does anybody even go to the mall anymore? But um, no, but di- but. Where, what were we talking about? We no, were talking you about, were saying you thought fucking El Padrino was e- more evil well, than Hitler. Point is, is that I I actually think he could have done worse than Hitler had he had the power. I think he would have put people in concentration camps. I do. Them. I do. I don't think. I don't, Yvonne, you're, you're going to get a lot of kickback from yeah, that. That's, no, that's no, I don't close, think it's that. Yeah. No, I don't think it's an invalid argument. I think it really comes down to... He just seemed to really revel in money, not power. Yeah, oh, but he, no, he was into power. Definitely a, a power. No, he was into power. Yeah, but greed and power are fucking. Yeah, they're tied together. They're, yeah, they're, 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 they're linear. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I like, mean, I guess it's apples and oranges. I mean, it, it there's, is. There's a, it's a weird distinction to make. It is, but, but what you're talking. Point of, being is, I was overwhelmed by how no, bad he was. No, most people are gonna. I see your argument. I yeah. don't. I don't. I don't know the answer. Most people will will argue because of the end result of Hitler was way worse mm-hmm. than what the end result of Escobar was. That Hitler was more evil, but. You know that is there degrees to evil or just fucking evil, man? You well, know, I'll spin yeah. it back on you. Is, is do you see a murder as the same like shooting somebody in the head versus like a heinous crime where they carve their eyeballs out and I see it the same. Do you? Yeah. Mm. See, I would. I mean, I guess it's situation dependent. Well, I know. I know that our. My brain. I, let's I put it. Say, just put it. On. I think they're different in, in my personal, just because I think there's a there's a uh, there's a moral degree of of Violence, violence. That is, I mean, maybe that's the sheltered inner feelings yeah. coming out of somebody at that time. Well, I mean, even, it takes even, a sick even, motherfucker carves somebody's eyeballs out. Escobar was like yeah. a family person. Like he gave back to the community. I know he, he raped was, little women uh, or he did? little girls. Yeah, yeah. that's like his thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, I, see, I don't buy the de- I don't buy the argument that somebody's that. You know, you oh, can't well, do he, that he, and be a good he, human. Yeah, yeah. I just well, let's be real. All the charitable stuff. Neither one of them were good dudes. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Let's we could say that. Yeah. I, I think it's an interesting topic because, you know, you could say, I mean, if you ask the world, if we put a poll up on Instagram, who was more evil? Fucking one hundred percent are going to say Hitler, right? And right. because and, Pablo Escobar was is kind of branded a little bit of a hero, and a little bit of like uh, this counterculture, like they kind of celebrate him a little bit because he made like, a lot of money. Yeah, that's why. Mm-hmm. And people want to make a lot of money, and that gangster lifestyle is glorified in society. You know, like, I'm a f- cool motherfucker, fuck, you know. I mean, listen to every fucking rap song. Even I listen to them. I fucking right. like them. But, I mean. And they make great movies. <clears throat> they do. Right. And it's great. <laughs> they're but great they're stories. In, they're, they're, you know, yeah. there's nobody. I mean, the great movies about Hitler are still fucking sad as fuck, mm-hmm. you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, dude, listen to this. Imagine if Fire Festival, imagine if Hitler had an island and Fire Festival was hosting it on Hitler's Island versus Escobar's. <laughs> like the, di- like the. Perception. Man, that he was, was smoking some fucked up <laughs> shit. But that that's what that was a huge fuck? drawing point to their to their uh, fire festival was the fact that it was hosted on. Remember, I said weed, not crack, bro. <laughs> yeah. But it was hosted Wait, on Pablo Escobar's is that island. Right? That even, like, that's probably a lie too. No, it, it was. Wait, Wait, why? Seriously, you saw though, what are you trying to explain? I'm no, just I saying, see what like you're the saying. difference between how how the public perceives each other. Yeah, you're right. Like the you're right. There's cool almost because it's Escobar's island. Well, okay. It's like people. It's like people that go to. 
to uh, mafia tours. They have mafia tours in Kansas yeah. City. I don't know if they have them in St. Louis. Bro, I see but, people all so the time. So there's almost a certain, that's what you said, there's yeah. almost a certain glamour to it, whereas nobody's talking about Hitler like there's mm-hmm. glamour, right? Yeah. So, but, uh, no. Ideally, because there's no glamour in it. Right. Well, getting back to getting back to Messiah. So we won't go into the whole premise right now, but it's obviously this, this very charismatic figure shows up on the world scene and he assembles a group of people that begin to follow him and uh, consider him sort of the savior of, of humanity. But uh, it got me got me kind of interested in uh, looking up cults, which I know is a kind of odd thing to be interested in. Although, when I admit to people that cultic leaders fascinate me, I almost always get people going, oh, no, no, no. me too. Well, yeah, because yeah. there is a, there's an innate fascination with how the fuck you can... Dude, I get, you know what, dude, when people say, like, you know, everybody asks that question, who... If you could spend a dinner with someone dead or alive, who would you spend it with? Yeah. And what do I say? You say Hitler. I always say Hitler. And when I say that, because, dude, I said that in front of 10,000 people on events, and everybody goes, <gasps> but look, dude, what I'm trying to understand is how the fuck someone could make that many people believe that much evil shit. Right. Like, how the fuck is that possible? Right. So I figure I could learn a lot from that guy. And, you know, the the... The difference is the intent. Like, I was talking to Gary Vee on the phone the other day, and we were talking about the responsibility that comes with your ability to influence. And, like, dude, he's got a... Gary is a fucking tremendous... Has a tremendous ability to influence people. So do I. If we weren't morally connected, what kind, what kind of damage could we do in the world? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And there's a responsibility that comes with the ability to move people and get people gathered... To put them on a right track versus a fucking immoral track. And because people that discover they have the ability to move people a certain way, I mean, you better fucking hope those people are morally correct or do. They do a lot of damage. Look at all these third world countries out there with these with these leaders who are able to convince people to do shit that is completely fucked up yeah drink the kool-aid or cut people's heads off because they're gay or rape women because they fucking show their skin throw rocks at them like dude like who like who in the world could fucking think that's okay you know it's just a hard it's a hard thing to understand so it is interesting it's an interesting thing i think as for a lot of people yeah i mean no i i agree i agree so anyway so i i looked up Cults, and I came across this like ten craziest cults. I got to read these. Some of these are really interesting. And then I got, and then I got some questions I want to ask you guys. So one of the craziest cults was called the Ho No Hana San Pagio cult, and this was uh, started by a guy who claimed that he was the incarnation of both Jesus and Buddha, and he could solve people's emotional, spiritual, psychological problems by examining their feet. So a number of people apparently started. Uh, amassing Man, around this guy. had a foot fetish. <laughs> he just wanted to look at people's feet. That's think, like one of the motherfuckers on Instagram asking all the girls for their sweaty socks. Well, or stick their feet in jelly or some so, shit. So he apparently was doing pretty well building his cult, but the whole thing unraveled when his followers fought back when he instituted a $900 fee for charging to inspect their feet. <laughs> So they got pissed. Yeah, they got pissed that uh, well, that he was it, he was charging nine hundred dollars. Well, at least it, to inspect yeah. their feet. I mean, one that shows me that that was a really good lure for stupidity. Wow. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you could lure some people in, but they weren't stupid enough to pay nine hundred dollars. Yeah. So that's a yeah. good that's a good measurement. You know. What you, mean? So you think he overpriced? Maybe. Yeah, maybe I mean, if he would have gone well, ninety. I mean, dude, if you ask Russell Brunson, eighty nine ninety nine. Listen, or, Russell Brunson, super successful dude. 
kicking ass with ClickFunnels, very successful man in our era. If you ask him, he'll tell you, everything's a marketing problem. And that's what that sounds like to me. Yeah. Maybe if he had charged 100 bucks, he'd still be in fucking business. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Exactly. So there's this other group. You have all kinds of feet to make him happy. So there's another group called the Freedomites, who were originally formed in Saskatchewan in 1902, uh, broke off from several different uh, religious groups. But Freedomites insisted on three different things. Communal living, nudity, and anarchy. What would you? So would wait, you, what are they doing? Just running around naked, like yeah? They became trouble? most famous for their all-nude <laughs> public demonstrations to show opposition opposition you to the material tendencies of society. You know what that sounds like to me, dude? What the naked purge? Like, it sounds like one of these fucking marches we see on fucking Instagram, <laughs> where people got their fucking shit hanging out, their titties and their dicks, and they're running all over the world saying, you know, crazy shit. Like maybe that's still going on. Like, dude, you ever seen these fucking naked bike rides where everybody fucking runs through rides through the city fucking naked? It, like. At least it's not anarchy, but I mean, like, dude, nobody wants to see your shit. I mean, I gotta be honest. I don't know. I mean, and I I wear all those stupid suits when I do triathlons. I, I don't need my butthole on my seat. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> or your my ball sack. Yeah, like I, that would be a bad pinch. Yeah, but I mean, my seat. Like, I would have to look at my seat differently because you'd be sweating, and that's not good. Yeah, you gotta have something in between. Yeah. You know hey, what I mean? You imagine the smell of your seat. Oh, no, I like my seat. I got a nice seat. I paid a lot of money for that seat. I'm not. How not, much is a good bike seat? It's a couple hundred bucks. Really? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I bet you I got, I bet you the seat I have is like 295 It's fuck about this thin. It's about the size of fucking Dave's dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was just that was just low, bro. So uh, this of course raised in my mind the, the Tyler, is it true? The very <laughs> <laughs> Dave's dick. I ain't never seen it, neither has he. This, uh, <laughs> dude, what the fuck? This raised in my mind the very, very important question of of uh, what what would you guys form a cult if you had to start a cult? Like, what would you call it? They've been accused of that before. <laughs> oh yeah, because we have a well. That's the fucking term of cult comes from culture, right? right? Culture. I mean, but see, cult has a negative connotation. Like you know, you're doing crazy shit. Yeah. You know, when it has a good connotation, it's called culture. Correct. You know, so um, we have a culture. We don't have a cult. And people have a hard time, you know, understanding that. But well, when if I was going to start a real cult, I would definitely... He'd be in that naked Saskatchewan yes. oh, group. Yeah. <laughs> it would have something to do with nudity, I'm sure. And Pisquettis. Nudity, yeah, weed. Nudity, Pisquettis, ketchup on my chest. And sesame. It's, yeah, fucking Chinese food, egg rolls and shit. Oh, How man. you killing everybody, Dave's though? How am I? Chicken old? wings. Uh, Poison them. Poison them? Poison them with my fries. Where would you fries. build your compound? Fucking for cellophane. I don't fucking know, Vaughn. Yeah. I'm, I just, no, come on. I, this is this the shit like you think se- about on your drive? Yeah, no. I, 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 it's, it's somewhere on Highway 70. Inquiring minds want to know. Sal, that's Vaughn's secret thing, dude. Like, I, you know, you know, Vaughn, he didn't want to do the real AF too much. You know, he was like, I don't know, man. And I said, Vaughn, guess what? We can start a cult. And he's like, right. I'm in, dude. I'll drive five hours We're going to do everything Friday. at night. So you want to tell that cool, story? Cool yeah. mixer. You tell that story. It's going to be mystery. It's, it's going to be cloaked in darkness. Yeah. It's going to be mysterious. Yeah. So and Vaughn we, said, "I'm in." Yeah. I He's also a, said we had to do everything at night because there's more. There's more an air of of magic and and uh, and and excitement at night. That's well, a true story. We Vaughn, had this have you ever seen Monsters University? No. There's Monsters, Inc. and Monsters University. I know. I, I started... I'm not a big Monsters fan. I could see you being the head of the Monsters, Inc. University yeah. team. Yeah. Omega Is that Kappa. Larry or what's his name? What's the what's the big eyeball's name? 
uh, Mike Wazowski. Yeah. Okay. You could be. You could. You know, like they they do the 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 breaking in in the mom's basement in college. You know, like it's it's kind of like they're <laughs> in the dark. You know, mom comes down, starts doing the laundry. That's Vaughn's. That's Vaughn's version. <laughs> We're gonna get real badass in mom's no, basement. <laughs> Vaughn, Vaughn, Vaughn in high school has. You know, listen, dude. You ever seen that? What's that show? Uh, that show on Netflix where the fucking kids and the, there's like an underworld and they're monsters and shit. Stranger Things. Stranger, Stranger Things. There you go. Yeah. Okay. You were those fucking kids. I know. Of course I was. Yes, you I were. See, I couldn't so, get into Stranger listen, Things. Vaughn I, I, believe it or not, I couldn't either. I love the 80s and I love that. I just didn't. I was at a time in my life where I was like, I don't have enough time to sit and watch this. True or false? What's that? Did you play Dungeons and Dragons? No, in your, in I actually basement? didn't, dude. Because when I was younger, uh, that was very like that was, was the devil. Was like guy. I was a that very was evil. Cons- that was a very conservative uh, Christian, and and plus at the time, a couple kids got killed. Like when it, right when I was about the age to uh, to do that, a couple kids got so into it that they I they think killed they, each other. they killed each other or they formed some sort of suicide pact cult. or something. Yeah, like a cultic type thing. So, so your, I never really got into that. Okay. I did get into the superhero version All of right, that though. So in your Dungeons and Dragons cult that you for sure had, yeah. Um, did you guys cl- have like a special robe that you wore or like rituals and stuff? Like what you did? What was your rituals? Oh man. Well, I've told you before. We used to we used to snort pixie sticks. Yeah. So you guys right. got dressed up in your robes and you like did like a chant. And no, then, but I just asked somebody about. Did you guys out? have robes? Like, like literally. Bro, in like, our cult? No, uh, no, no, no. Did you have robes? Like, did you wear robes before you went to bed? Oh no, dude. We like, had we had our own cult. It was okay. called the it was called the Jim Frisella fucking Costco. <laughs> yeah, right. or, no, it wasn't Costco. Costco's fancy. It was the Jim Frisella Walmart. Uh, red red sweatshirt, red sweatpants, uh, Adidas shoot like. That was our our robe was like an outfit that we got at Walmart. That makes sense. And yeah. our cult was kicking other kids' asses. Yeah, well, I knew that, and yeah. it was kill, kill, but, kill. But I mean, if you want some dirt on us, we did wear tidy whiddies. Did you? Yeah, we weren't. We were, my I dad pretty would much buy everybody the bro, back then. I wore tidy whiddies till I was about twenty two. Yeah, I'm the same boat. Like yeah. until I got and to college, I started it was realizing. Like, really? No, I, like the girls started looking at me funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Started getting into college, and I realized like I'm only the only motherfuckers in the locker room tidy whiddies. Well, so I'm I'm older than you guys, but but there was like tidy whiddies were very standard, and then. Then at a certain point, like I think it was my sophomore year or junior year in high school, and then all through college, boxer shorts became very popular. So I just started wearing boxer shorts. But now I'm kind of back to the the standard, oh, you man, know. You got to go commando. I'm gonna tell you what, dude. No, I might roll back some no, tidy whities, dude. I I kind of liked them, and now I'm comfortable enough. I don't give a fuck with people. Dude, we should think. have real AF tidy whities. I wear boxer briefs from, and I got to be honest, like I used to make fun of Lou. Well, don't we so make, hard, but... Don't we make underwear now? No. Like, some I thought we had some underwear back. Those mm-hmm. are actual shorts. Yes. Who the fuck is gonna wear those? Well, I don't know. <laughs> we sell quite a few of them. We do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I thought they were fucking underpants. This reminds no. me of the socks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. No. I would, I, yeah. I'm a boxer brief guy. Yeah, I've oh. I've learned to like because uh, yeah. I I used to wear sliders all the time after the tidy whitey <laughs> transition. But what's funny is, no, for real, like Under Armour, dude. That's that was like my main investment in Under Armour, dude. I still have a pair of fucking Under Armour sliders that I wear now that I had in fucking college. That's how good they are. Oh, I bet those that's are awesome. in great shape. Actually, surprisingly, they're in fucking phenomenal shape. Do you, do you when you put those on? Do you reminisce? You're like, dude, yeah, I was I'm like, I was so fucking field. badass. I'm gonna see all the boys in the shower. <laughs> so fucking bad. I was, dude. I was. You, I, 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 you, I smell them. Are you a standard? Are you a standard like solid co- solid color guy? I don't or, give a fuck. Are yeah, you, I wear I wear multiple colors. I wear whatever whatever you wear like crazy stuff like leopard leopard I don't stuff. Buy, dude, listen, I no, I don't give a fuck. No, okay. I 
I buy the pack. Dude, I'll tell you what I wear. I wear the fucking packs of Fruit of the Loom shit you get at Walmart. They're like yeah. six bucks for yeah, like yeah. 10 pairs. You got to upgrade, yeah. dude. This is my point. Like, this is what I, I'll, I'll Am own I missing this. out? Yeah, Lululemon makes these fucking underwear. And I got to be honest. They're fucking awesome. So I'm missing out on the they fine got a heater things. and they're a vibrator. Like 15, on them. <laughs> no, they're like 15 or 18 bucks a piece, but I, t- I promise you they're fucking worth the investment. For one? For one. But really? I'm telling you, you're taking care of your goods, man. Like, it's a good feeling. It's a nice feeling. Kind of I'm telling you, listen, <sighs> it's worth the investment. All right. It's worth All the right, investment. There's an like, example right there. There's an example of what we were talking about before the show. How you do one thing is how you do everything. It's not true because I live a life of luxury. And I'm still wearing basic underwear. So there you go. There's your example, Tyler. Thank, I thank pro- the Lord. You're right. I'm wrong. <laughs> so the uh, the premise. Getting back to the the Netflix uh, series. The premise of let's, this. Let's, let, let's, let me stop you for a second. What the fuck is wrong with us? <laughs> About <laughs> what? Like, let's be fucking real. And what the fuck is wrong with you guys listening to us? <laughs> <laughs> that they've just spent 15 minutes of their life listening, listening to, to this. They have the same stories. conversations. Yeah, in their they head. do. Yeah, they do. That's a good question. But so the premise of this this uh, series is basically this mysterious mysterious talking figure. about Messiah, right? Yeah, the Messiah. So this mysterious figure appears in the Middle East, and he seems to have these supernatural powers, and he starts amassing followers. And the central question of the series is basically: Is this guy really Jesus returning to Earth as a different person? Is he a brand new Messiah? Is he a scam artist? It's pretty intriguing. But I just just generally speaking, like open ended. I'm curious what you enjoyed about it. Dude, I thought of, I, I thought the whole show honestly was put together really from well from the top to bottom. The directing, the acting, <laughs> for sure. the script. Yeah, uh, it, but the whole. But let's just take away that. Like I agree with you. The, they the left produ- a little bit of mystery too. Well, you was- and I will look at it from a production value because we work together on production value literally all day with you know with the companies and stuff. So I definitely notice movies and shows like that, like on their value. But dude, the storytelling of that show is really good. Um, at every point, I found myself like wondering, like, okay, is this dude a, a fraud or is he real? Mm-hmm. And the truth is, bro, if, what I really thought was cool about it was, I bet that's how people felt about Jesus. Yep, for okay. real. Yep. And, no, uh, I agree. So that's don't, don't that, spill the beans because I want to watch tonight. Oh, All dude, right. it's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it'll yeah. just have you questioning yeah. a lot whether or not what you believe inside the show, not in real life, but inside the show, what you believe. No, I, I totally agree because I think one of the things I always tell people is like, uh, because historically, uh, America is a Christian nation. We're just we've heard most people have heard about Jesus from the time that they're well, you he know, plays little. a role in most right, religions, exactly. Yeah, so we're so used to him that we just think he's like Mr. Rogers. But the reality is when he came onto the scene, he was a I, rebel. He, he was a rebel. He, I think he really disturbed people. Absolutely. Like he dis, I mean, clearly he disturbed uh, a lot I mean, of people. It's pretty disruptive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, what, so what, I'm just curious, what do you think Hi, is I'm really, I'm the son of God. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And people and, are worried about making I mean, a fucking sales out, call. Well, and what's great about the, the show is that it does show like different, it shows how the, the government, response to this guy yeah. it shows how the real like extremist religious people respond yeah. it shows how the everyday sort of person of faith responds yeah it shows how the cynic responds not only that so it's, but it's modern day yeah yeah which it's, is really so, cool so what do you here's my question do you find the guy do you find the character compelling yeah okay yeah and what well in what regard well i see it, the only thing that's hard for me is i don't feel like if i were to meet jesus now i don't think he, i think he'd be like Compelling, but I don't think he'd, he'd come across creepy. I think this guy comes across Dude, creepy. I think if Jesus came back, he'd come back as like a cool black dude. 
<laughs> well, real. I mean, I think he would. Okay. He'd be like a cool hip. Like, like Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah, but like a good dude. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That like, I think that's yeah, the, like a Denzel. You know, I could see it yeah, as a Denzel. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, that's how Smooth. I. Smooth. So that's <laughs> yeah. how I, like, I picture like. But I, you could, know, I couldn't see Denzel in Birkenstocks, though. Well, that's not what I'm saying. Because, yeah. like, dude, he's going to come back looking kind of like what society, you know, looks right, like now. Right. Like, that's the one thing about the show I didn't uh, really get. Because I didn't think, like, because the guy looks like Jesus, right? Yeah. yeah so, yeah. <clears throat> like, my in my mind, I, I've always kind of thought, like, dude, if this is just weird shit that I think about. Like, if Jesus came back, what the fuck would he look like? Yeah. And what I think Jesus would be is I think he'd be a cool dude who he'd probably say some curse words and he'd probably live a pretty normal life and he'd probably be a regular dude. And uh, There's no question that he would attract everyday people. That's what I'm saying. Yes. So, like, when I think of, like, like the like the delivery mechanism of that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think of, like, a cool, you know, like a cool hip black dude. Who I got fuck, it. What? Patrick Mahomes. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> well, I mean, there is something. We can argue that he's like, going to be the Messiah this Sunday. Yeah, but, dude, but well, actually, speaking of Denzel, isn't it weird this, that he when put- this posts, hopefully that will be true. But this will uh, yeah, as of the time at some of- point in the show, we'll do a prediction on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make a note of that. But look, yeah. let me finish what I'm saying. So, what I mean by that is, like, I mean, there's certain people in society that have the ability to move people and make people feel good and make people feel cool, and uh, you know, like. I don't know why I think it's a black dude, but I just feel like a, a cool black dude re- can like make white people feel cool. Dude, that makes <laughs> have you ever seen the book of Eli? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Dude, the book of Eli, he basically brings back the yeah. word of God to society in like a really rough time. I thought like that I thought that book was or that movie was genius. I don't know, man. Yeah, I've heard I mean, it's a good I lost that movie lost me. Yeah, I didn't like it yeah. either. You didn't like it? So well, so I didn't pay attention close enough. F- funny thing, so when when I was real little and and you know my younger brother, he would draw these pictures of Jesus, but he would always draw pictures of him like he was Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I was like, Lance, why are you drawing Jesus so buff? And he's like, well, he's perfect, right? And I go, yeah, but being perfect doesn't mean you're buff. But I always thought it was funny because in my little brother's mind, to be the perfect man, like you looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I thought was kind of funny. But well, it's funny. I mean, dude, let me let me ask you this, though. Like, think think about this for real, because... <clears throat> if G speaking of the show, I mean, we do, we're getting off kind of on religious tangents. Fine, it's an entertaining discussion. Yeah, well, it's and it's and it's a popular series. Yeah, from, so, like, as far right, as I know, let's just say God wanted to move people here to hear that message. He would have to send someone who other people would naturally notice. I think mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. I don't you mean know. T- you mean if if he were to come today? Yeah, like I don't know, man. Like it's a fucking deep rabbit hole to think about. It really. is. It so is. Like, I mean, it's interesting that I mean Jesus himself was born in Nazareth, which is like a tiny little backwater nothing, yeah. you know. And I mean, what to me, what's amazing is well, all right. So let me switch gears just for a second. So we were talking about the different characters, right? So you have the cynical CIA agent who thinks he's a scam artist. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the simple, trusting Mid America folks who are ready to follow him anywhere. You have kind of the extremes. You have cynicism, and you have like almost unquestioning credulity. You know, just like, mm-hmm. oh yes, we're gonna, we're not even gonna question this at all. Mm-hmm. He's. What's your take? Like, what's the best combination of? being cynical or or critical and but being trusting. You know, like what would you say to each of those people? 
Like, who, let me ask you this: Who do you identify with more—the really cynical people or the really trusting people? You know, I I think that's a great question. Um, I think that people would do themselves a favor. Generally speaking, I feel generally speaking, I feel like most people are quick to believe shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think most people would do themselves a favor in society if they would, instead of just jerk, jumping into the herd mentality, that they would, you know, take a minute to do their research and decide on their own. Right. I, I think a lot of people's decisions out there aren't necessarily their own decisions because we're ingrained through our culture to kind of jump in on what's hot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's no different than bandwagon stuff or mob shit. You know, why Why do mobs happen? Mobs happen because there's an emotional uh, situation happening and people don't think. Right. And so, <clears throat> and, and that's most people. You know, mm-hmm. most people are just quick to, because dude, they have this thing in their ego that says, I want to be right. I want to know the answer. I want to be the guy who knows and it's very hard for people, I feel like, to because they're not aware enough or haven't reached that phase yet, and some people never do, where they consider why things are the way they are. Yeah. So my I would say for me, I probably am somewhere in the middle where, you know, yes, I notice when things are seem to be. But then when I start to catch myself like believing it, mm-hmm. I also then do the research to look the other way and say, okay, well, is this actually true? You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And we see this in politics, you know? Uh, I mean, we see this with Trump. All right, let's just say what the fuck it is. We see a lot of motherfuckers that hate Trump and you ask them why they hate Trump, they can't fucking tell you. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a racist. Okay, well, give me an example of how he was racist. Oh, he's a misogynist. Oh, well, give me an example of how he is. Oh, well, he said grab him by the pussy. Well, every motherfucking man on the face of the earth has said some perverted shit at some time in their life. They just have. That's reality. I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying it's okay. What I'm saying is you're judging someone on... that. That's like saying, dude, the guy jerked off one time in his life. When every fucking dude in the earth jerked off. Once? Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, like, you know, we can't... And that's how I see it. So I look for evidence. You know what I mean? Right. And I think people would do themselves a favor, you know, just like I say about Obama, right? Like, I fucking think Obama would probably be an awesome dude to fucking hang out with. I'd, I'd have to, him on the show. Bro, I'd love to have dinner with him and hang yeah. out and fucking, you know, whatever, whatever. It'd be great. I just didn't like his policies of right. what he thought the economy should be. So I fucking didn't, you know. Right. So I just think, like, people... If they took a minute to stop and say, "Why do I feel this way? Why am I jo- why am I a part of this team? What feels good about this? Why do I believe this?" and just question themselves, they'd find a lot more truth in their life. Bro, so you you know as you know that famous quote by Socrates, "The unexamined life is not worth living." Don't you think whether it's religious people or non-religious people, the problem with most people is and it, this is what I hear you saying is that we don't even know why we believe certain things. Well, because we the, don't even think through what we do believe. Vaughn, our society, our system has gotten so good at spoon feeding the shit that we should and shouldn't think that 
people don't question it. Right. You know, but that becomes from that comes from a violation of trust. So for example, <clears throat> I think it's reasonable that when we watch somebody on a news platform that we expect them to tell the truth mm-hmm. and report. Is that a reasonable thought? It's a reasonable thought. Do you think it's a reasonable thought? I think it's a very reasonable okay, thought. Okay, I agree. What do you think? I think they're reading from a teleprompter. I'm so, not saying that. But yes. I'm saying a reasonable, yes or no? Yes. Okay. A, it's a reasonable expectation that we, when we watch a fucking professional organization deliver some news, that that shit should be the fucking facts. And what has happened is we have a violation of trust amongst these big media companies where now it's no longer about fact. And people haven't caught on that they're violating a, 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 a covenant between the relationship. Mm-hmm. You tell the truth, we'll fucking watch it. Right? Right. That's not happening anymore. Now we've evolved into a scenario where we have basically a marketing company putting a message into our fucking face that we believe because it always has been in the for the past 70 years supposed to be the truth but it's not and what's happening here to the media is people are slowly starting to wake the fuck up because there's so much transparency in in social media and in life that people are starting to notice like well wait a minute I'm friends with black people. We get along. There's not as much racial division as what's going on out there. People aren't fucking, you know, wait a minute. <clears throat> it's not as bad as what they say. You know, like they, right. like we're starting to notice like some of the things they tell us are just massive exaggerations or different perceptions on facts. Right. Instead of actually delivering the facts, which I believe is a violation of fucking trust. And so now we have a scenario where we have a lot of people who are starting to wake up and say, fuck, we're in a big game. We're, we're getting manipulated. We're getting fucking, we're getting herded. We're getting told how to think, how to live, how to eat, how to vote, how to fucking do everything. And what, where's the truth in it? Right. And so we're, I think personally... We're on the verge of a massive awakening and a readjustment of how we feel as humans. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and I, I think technology's causing it. I, I think you're right. And I, I, I'm not even saying that I necessarily think this is a good thing or a bad thing, but we're now getting to the point where, you know, if something happens somewhere in the world, you know, you got camera crews that are rushing to go cover it and people have a choice. Well, I'm either gonna I'm either gonna watch CNN or Fox News or whatever, or I happen to know somebody who's there right now and they're live streaming on their on their camera. Who do I trust more, my buddy or the news agency? And right. that's it, it's just a really yeah, weird time to be scenario, alive. So even, you know what I'm saying? Yes, totally. But even in that scenario, you have to consider what your buddy's perspective is right. on what he's reporting. Because there's always two sides to literally every fucking story. And the problem is we've began to trust the message that's delivered to us too much instead of us thinking and saying, okay, well, your buddy's saying something different to the news, but he also happens to be an extremist in this, 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 this. Right. So the truth actually is probably somewhere in the middle. So we've lost the ability to be logical when we when we get information. And that's, I think, the root of the problem amongst all of these different causes. When we have people, you know, 
marching for this cause or that cause or this or that or this. It's all because they're not really saying, well, is this the truth? Right. They're not asking questions. They're not being critical in a healthy way. And the reason they're not is because they're emotionally invested in the cause, Mm -hmm. right? And that's okay, dude. It's okay to be emotionally invested in a cause. Like, it's okay. But understand that your reasoning for being there is a fucking emotions, not facts. You get what I'm saying? Mm. Like, as long as you're aware of why you're there. Be aware of your own biases. That's right. And make it make that's an correct. effort to, to be more critical and ask hard questions. Absolutely, no, bro. I agree. So at one point in one of the later episodes, <clears throat> um, one of the characters sees a quote from Oprah written on a table. And I, I, I got to hear what you guys have to say about this, because I, this this, I think this is relevant to a lot of people. Um, it says, you become what you believe. Do you believe that? I think that most people become exactly what they believe they're supposed to become. Yes, I do. I think most people eventually become... I think that's one of the secrets of this whole universe, is that the 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 what you think of yourself and what you believe of yourself actually comes true. And if you listen to some of the experts out there on quantum physics and metaphysics and all these different... You know, like let's say Dr. Joel Dispenza, buddy of mine, buddy of ours. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he's at the forefront of these types of, of thinkings. It's also, you know, why, like, I think people who truly believe they're supposed to play hockey in the NHL fucking play it. I think people who truly believe they're going to be a fucking successful entrepreneur and that's how they see themselves become it. I think when people believe that they're a piece of shit and that they think I'm no good, that's exactly what happens. And so I don't think it's a, I don't think it's, I think it's more about fixing your belief about who the fuck you are and then the world adjusting itself to you. And there's mystical shit to this, but I believe it. This is why you asked me what I believe. Mm-hmm. This is what I yeah, believe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so what do you think? I mean, it could play right Tyler's back. Tyler's right. It's a vague statement. So well, no, I mean, you, you got to do your part. It, it depends on yeah, I mean, it, it, just because you believe, right? <laughs> you 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 believe that Obama was the very best president. That does not necessarily make it the truth. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, not, that's, that's not what I'm saying. I, I understand that. But just because you believe there is more to that story is mm-hmm. is where my I have a problem with it. You know, like. Well, what's yeah, the quote? You become what you believe. You become what you believe. Well, I, I find that to be true. I, I And I can see where. If you were to d- peel back that statement, it could be true. But left at that point, I think it's a very fucking. It's got a lot of work to be done. There's more yeah. to it. It's yeah. like, it, 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 look, there's a lot be- of people believe that they that should have they my just job. Believe, yeah, I, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah but okay, also well, a lot of people don't understand what it means to actually believe. I think that's accurate. I agree they with that think too. That they believe they, they're ignorant b- to it. No, when I'm saying believing, like I mean, like you know inside your fucking heart what the fuck you're supposed to be. You know it. Like it's not arguable. Like when I was when I was living with my dad in 2007, after seven years of living away from home, and I had to move back in with them so that I could fucking survive in business. There wasn't a thought in my mind that I wasn't going to be a successful entrepreneur. There wasn't a doubt. There wasn't me. Que- I wasn't like, oh well, am I supposed to be this or that? At that point in time, I believed it. Now I went through a point of doubt. After that, right? Like, whoa, well, I'm going to change. I'm going to maybe go clean carpets or go do this. But that belief 
that of what I was meant to be always fought that. Right. And it turned out, you know, so far to be correct. But what was, what was the quote again? You become what you believe. If you're willing to work for it. Should be the end of that quote. Yeah. I think you guys are emphasizing different aspects of it, which I think what you're emphasizing, Andy, is the power of the mind. You got to get your mind focused on the right things. And you're saying, but you still have to. You still about you, more than just the mind. He thinks that there's actually powers at work in, in yeah, the I would agree with that. There, yeah. I, would, I mean, yeah. I, I, would, I would agree with, I mean, the law of attraction is real, but I'm saying like, just because you believe it, there's a whole lot of fucking work that comes with it. Right. No, I, and yeah. you're right. And, and there's also the flip side of there's the subjective belief and then there's what's objectively well, true. Well, that's why right? I don't like is that what, book, The Secret. Yeah. Okay, everybody talks about the fucking secret. The secret is the coloring book of of the law of attraction. It's not real. It's not it's cuz it makes it sound like if you just believe that a fucking elephant is going to show up, that an elephant is going to show up. And that's just not the truth. The truth is you have to believe and then you have to also go that direction. I see it as like a 50% thing. Like when you know what the fuck you're supposed to be, the, the, the cards sort of align for you to become that, but so many people believe that that should just come all the way to you that they don't do their part and meet it at the 50% mark. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's how I see it. And I, yeah. I, I, my real life reflects that belief for the evidence. So I'm not saying I'm right, but I'm doing okay in life. So the thing that has has really fascinated us, another aspect of this this Netflix series that's fascinated us, is this issue, the central issue of charisma. Because the guy that is the Messiah figure, he's a very charismatic person, and we've always been interested, obviously throughout the whole you know three hundred plus episodes of the MFCO project, and and in other areas, we've talked about like how do we make a really profound impact on somebody in business in life? It's so successful to have charisma. Uh, gentlemen, it has been at the time of the recording of this podcast. It's been just a little bit more than a week since uh, Kobe Bryant was tragically killed, and his daughter, as well as the other uh, the other people in those families, uh, lost their loved ones. It was a terrible, terrible accident, and obviously, a lot of people have have expressed their love for Kobe, their admiration for Kobe, um, have extolled different aspects of his character. Obviously, Kobe wasn't just a basketball player. Not just one of the best basketball players of all time. He was a he was an icon, really. For sure. um, I as a way partly to honor him, I would love to talk about a little bit. Like, what do you think was the source of his charisma? Like, why did he? I mean, was it just talent? He was just a good ball player. No, I think he represented a lot of amazing qualities that people wish they had in themselves, and I think that's what people were so attracted to him for. Um, whether you loved him or you hated him or you rooted for him against him. I mean, you can't deny the guy's work ethic. You can't deny his achievement. You can't deny his skill. And uh, you can't deny what he did for other people. So, like, I feel like he lived a very, like, even even somewhat misunderstood but noble existence. And I think people aspire to that, right? Mm-hmm. They aspire to be somebody who you know, finds their their niche and then goes all in on that niche and wins and then also does good things. I think he represents what the the dream of America is all about. I'm not talking about being rich. I'm just talking about finding where it is you're supposed to be, recognizing that, going all in and then achieving in that in that lane. And um 
he's always done that. And, I, you know, he did it so well that he became a, a legend. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, there's a lot of guys who have done a lot of cool shit that if they died, people people would say, man, that sucks. But, like, dude, when I heard of that Kobe's death, I almost fucking threw up. Mm-hmm. Like, it made me sick to my stomach. Yeah. Because I think a lot of it was because he's close to my age. Um, and I, 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 I feel like, and I know I don't know Kobe, I never met him, but I feel like I felt um, kind of aligned mm-hmm. uh, and what he was trying to do with his life. Like he worked his fucking ass off for his whole life. Now he's 41 years old. And I could, you know, you could see him starting to have some fun and live a little life. And then all of a sudden he's fucking gone. Yeah. And so like, you know, I see that as, as, uh, you know, that could fucking happen to me. Yeah. Like I've been working my fucking ass off my whole life. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, I personally take it as a, a signal to like, Hey bro, uh, maybe you should go on a trip or two, or maybe you should live a little bit, you know? I'm not saying get fucking lazy and abandon the reservation. Fucking, right. You know, but, um, you know, because, dude, it takes, he's got a he's got a legendary work ethic. Yeah. You ask Tim Grover about his work ethic. It's fucking insane. Yeah. You know, and uh, when you work and put that much time into something, um, you're giving up a lot of shit on the front end. And, uh, you know, I think that's a, it fucking sucks. Yeah. You know, I feel bad for his family. I feel bad. I feel bad for him because I know in his mind he was like thinking, man, this is my time to live. This is my time to do shit. This is my time to do all the shit I couldn't do before. Mm-hmm. And then it got fucking, you know, it's gone. Yeah. So S- Sal Andy mentioned he found his niche and then he went all in and he had an amazing work ethic. Is that the key? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think Kobe is the is the prime example of, of not talking about it, being about it. And I, the shortcoming for me is, you know, I was never a Kobe fan because I'm not really a basketball fan. Um, and, you know, since his passing, you know, I dug into all the information and really learned a lot about him in the sense. And I really, you know, I felt I felt cheated in the sense where, you know, there was an opportunity. Like you would have been a fan. I would have mm-hmm. been a huge fan. Because yeah. I don't, you know, I, I, there's, a, there's pieces of people that I associate and want to be like. And I always think, like, all right, this is to the belief part. Find somebody who you'd like to be and emulate those aspects of their life. Like, how would they respond? And in diving into Kobe's existence, uh, I liked it. And maybe this is narcissistic. Like, a lot of the things that he thought and preaches and how he responds to questions is exactly how I think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a far stretch. No means do I think I'm Kobe Bryant in that sense, but it's what I aspire to be. And when you look at not only how he led in the locker room, uh, how he competed on the floor, how his mindset is. Um, it's definitely not by accident, but again, going back to the belief, it's built out of work, you know? And and when you look at a man like that who has all that power, you know, he is he had his flaws, right? He made some mistakes, right. but he owned them. Right. And that's a huge fucking piece about life is like, dude, you be a real fucking man, you got to own your shit. And you got to respond to it, you know, talking back to the beginning of the conversation. And and then the piece of not only him being a champion and a teammate, because he was a teammate, and not all of his teammates liked him, but why didn't they like him? They didn't like him because he expected more out of them than they expected out of themselves. And I think when you, when you look at that, especially inside the business setting, like when I get fucking pissed off at my guys, like I often do, like I want more for you than you want for yourself, and you feel like you got to drag, right? And so then it creates a little bit of that competitive piece. And so like diving into you know, Kobe's life, it made me really respect the man. And, you know, going into 
him being a father, that's a different level, you yeah. know, because you look at, you know, to Andrew's point, he worked his entire life to get to this point and you could see it in his face and his smile and how he communicated with Gigi, you know, being a father, like I could only, um, not even imagine, I couldn't imagine, no. you know, what, what not only because in my head, like the first thing, this is like, I don't know, my brain's weird. But the first thing I think of is like, how did he respond when the helicopter went sideways or what happened? And I, in my brain thinking, because I process all negative shit like that, I think he ultimately, the first thing he did is, is look at his daughter and tell her he's going to be okay. Yeah. Like that's how I think in my brain. And I think, you know, the champion inside him, that's, that's the action he took is like, Hey, we're going to be fine. And when you look at, uh, how he's lived his life with that mindset, um, it's really fucking awesome, and I don't think how his greatness uh, is – it's not an accident. And, it, you know, I always tell people, like, because I talk about death a lot, like, to my guys, and I always say, hey, when I die, the line needs to be from here to China. If, you know, if if I live my life correctly and do what I'd like to do, it, it's going to show at my funeral. And I think what we learned about Kobe Bryant that day is it shut the internet down. It shut the world down. Yeah. And so at 40 years old, that motherfucker made the impact – like the impact that I want to make, right? Yeah. So there's a level of admiration there that it's far beyond anybody that I have seen, and I wasn't even a fan. Yeah. So that's I mean, like that a- that does it, it does show someone's greatness when when someone doesn't enjoy the game of basketball, but they want to watch Kobe. You know, dude. I, I mean, even now he's like, on another level. I'm, all of his YouTube stuff, like yeah. I'm, I'm watching just because you know there's things that you can pick up from sport to business or from sport to life. Like that guy literally stopped the world. Right. The fucking world. And like how good do you have to be to stop the world? Well, yeah. dude, and no shit. And and I've seen a lot of negativity, negative comments about people uh, coming from people like saying, well, why doesn't f- fucking other people die all the time? Why don't you Because that ain't fucking life, motherfucker. That's right. You want to be fucking remembered? You want people to fucking make a big deal about you? You better dedicate and go all in on what the fuck you're about. Great. Because people that aren't great, you don't get that shit. That's not, to me... That's fucking people whining mm-hmm. about the way things are. Absolutely. You know, oh, well, it's not fair to fucking blah, blah, blah. So-and-so, uh, no one cared. Well, no one cared because it fucking wasn't valued enough to care about, no matter whose fault that is, okay? Whether it's the person's fault, whether it's the media's fault, whether it's the culture's fault. But at the, the end of the day, people don't value it as much. That's the truth. They value what the fuck they see. Okay. Well, I think they value the result, right? I mean, life is very much result driven. And the result that you see from Kobe's ability to lead and to produce, he was producing a legacy, you know, built through core value system of, of work and lead by example and, and, and being a great father and being a great teammate and being a, a great mind. Like his, his ability to influence the world is what made the world miss him when he was gone you know and that doesn't come with just being average that comes with being fucking great right right i thought it was interesting um or touching not interesting um you know Gigi, the one that perished with him uh was the one that he thought was the real beast the one that was going to be better there's than no him doubt. what's that there's no doubt you could yeah. see it in it you could yeah. see it in how he communicated to it you know to her just through those videos like that that's his you know that w- that was his legacy right yeah that was his and basketball star exactly and and witnesses close friends say that he took a real delight in sharing his love for the game of basketball with Gigi and uh, that that's the other piece in this right uh, as far as charisma goes is is finding something that you have a real love and a passion for guys it's super super trite and it's a 
a very, very shop-worn, cliche topic, but people are interested in it. How do you find out what you're really passionate about? Like, how do you find, how do you, how do you build a life that revolves around something you're passionate about? You're only willing to sacrifice what that man was willing to sacrifice for something he's that passionate about. Meaning, like, whenever they say you should love what you do because you never work a day in your life, the saying is kind of bullshit. But when you look at the ability to go to the next level and the ability to be able to sacrifice uh, relationships with your friends and sacrifice weekends and sacrifice nights and Christmas and New Year's Day, you can only do that. And, and it, it's, pal- it's only palatable when you can figure out that that's something you love to fucking do. Right. You know, when you look at, like, why, why did he go to the gym at 3 o'clock? Because he cared so deeply about the fucking game and being the greatest version of him that he was willing to sacrifice whatever that took to get there. And if you're just willing, I mean, this is the nine to five mentality. If you struggled to be nine to five, like you're not passionate about that. You're not going to show up early. You're not going to stay late. You're not going to put it in the work. And guess what? At the end of your time, no one's going to give a fuck. Yeah, And that's three or four people going to fucking hurt for about a week. But I think that's the thing where passion passion should be the driver for you for your ability to find success you know like the, that's There's just a lot of motherfuckers out there that talk about wanting to have a legacy and don't do nothing to fucking create any kind of fucking legacy listen it's just the reality you don't get the fucking prize out doing the work if you want to matter when no one's fucking when you ain't around you want your shit to matter you better do some shit that fucking matters that's the truth okay i don't know how i didn't make the fucking rules did you make the rules no did you make the rules Okay, well, <laughs> why did you make the rule that way? I mean, dude, look, it's the, it's fu- like the problem we have in this whole fucking scenario is that people just aren't willing to accept the way things are. It's a, po- it's a point of this podcast. It's real as shit. Like, realist, realist. Like, yes, I understand that every single person who dies tragically should get, you know, it's, it's sad. It's fucked up. But the truth is... That unless you do the work while the fuck you here, nobody's really gonna care. Correct. They're gonna care. Your family's gonna care, but the people you could a lot. When people talk about legacy, they're talking about the world, right? What's the world gonna think? Well, the world has to know who the fuck you are for them to think anything. Dude, I mean, that, you want to talk about narcissism at its finest? I mean, that, I want the world to know my name when I'm dead because I want them to know that. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know no what I mean? Shit. So I'm willing to sacrifice whatever I got to do because, yeah, you know, but dude, that's, but your name is infinite. Uh, yeah, the, you know what I'm saying? Dude, the lessons yes. you leave are infinite. They're able to be passed on. Well, the truth is, bro, is that legacy isn't really mad. Legacy doesn't really, it, if you really think about legacy, it really has nothing to do with people remembering your name. It has to do with the effects of what the people built in their own lives based around how you influence them to build that. So there's a lot of people who have an amazing legacy and no one knows who the fuck their name is. That's the truth. What I'm saying is if you want a fucking public legacy, you got to do things in the fucking public. I see these motherfuckers commenting on people's shit saying, oh, well, fucking Kobe, blah, 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 blah. And I go to their page, it's fucking private. Well, I'm sorry, bro, if the world doesn't know who the fuck you are or what you stand for or what you do or nobody's going to, that you're it's just reality man yeah i mean i i think in that scenario <laughs> if you're willing to throw shade you probably you should probably go check yourself in the mirror uh, look that's the internet man no i understand but yeah. i mean if you're one you know I, i'm i'm assuming that there's not one listener 
inside this audience that is that type of person. Uh, yeah. But if there is, yeah, you're you a need piece to, of shit. You need to go fucking. You yeah. need to go look in the mirror. So the quote that Kobe wanted to be remembered by is this: "To think of me as a person that's overachieved that would mean a lot to me. That means I put a lot of work in and squeezed every ounce of juice out of this orange that I could." I I think that's I I see him that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, like, I don't look at him and I don't look at Kobe and say he was fucking lucky or say he was talented or say anything. I look at Kobe and I say, "There's a fucker that that got it." There's a dude who fucking put in the work. There's a guy who identified his natural propensity to do a certain thing and went all in on it. And I and, and and as a result, he created greatness. And that greatness inspired lots and lots of people. That's a fucking real legacy. Well, and I think you know, dude, I watched a I watched a phenomenal video on him and he was talking about, you know, like a lot of people will will say that I was talented. Yes, I was, but however, I wasn't the most talented. I wasn't I didn't have a 40-inch vertical. Or, you know, I didn't have the biggest hands. I was not, I was quick, but I wasn't the quickest guy. Like I could shoot, but I wasn't the best shooter. And so he identified all his weaknesses and then went in and put the work in to make the most out of it. And I think the translation to life there is like, you know, people have, you know, quote, what is success? Well, success is finding what your ability is and maximizing that fucking ability. Was he gifted? Yes. Did he work his ass off to take that gift and put him to be one of the greats of all times? Yes. And yeah. I think when you talk about squeezing the orange, yes, he had a nice orange. However, he squeezed the fuck out of that orange. He did. He did, for sure. Well, we uh, we all definitely uh, pray that he rests in peace and uh, good stuff, guys. Hey, not to have an awkward transition, but I'll do one anyway. Um, <laughs> of course you will. <laughs> of course you'll announce it. So, uh, so I put out a I put out a call for uh, for questions for you guys oh, for yeah? some uh, for Q and A's, and I got, got some a pretty Q and A session. Got, got a little Q and A like section. Kind of wrap it up a little bit. Um, you know what, dude? We should do that more often. I like I, little Q and A's. I think Q&As. we should. Yeah, yeah, we for we for sure should. But um, so I'll start with. One of the lighter ones, which is this is one uh, from T Boy the Ruler. Oh, so the Ruler. Um, I don't know what your real name is, brother. It looks like Ty. So uh, Ty actually just wants Andy's breakdown of the whole cannabis industry. He said, uh, he's, he said Andy said he got out of smoking when he was twenty five, hardcore smoking. I just need you guys to elaborate on what you think about the whole trends in cannabis and the cannabis industry and good, bad, and the ugly. Well, that's I mean, a pretty open-ended question. I'm not sure what he meant, but well, I mean, I'm assuming he's asked. Look, dude, I'll just answer it. Uh, first of all, why the fuck was it ever illegal in the first place? Okay, it's much it's it's much less impairing than alcohol, in my opinion. I don't know what the science says. There could be facts otherwise. Tyler, you should look that up while I'm talking, and then tell me the facts. But in my opinion. I feel far less impaired when I smoke marijuana than when I drink alcohol. When I drink alcohol, bad shit happens. When I smoke marijuana, bad shit does not happen. And so I have to question why the fuck it was ever illegal in the first place. I've always felt that way. I've always thought that it should never be illegal. I've always thought it was insane that you put people in prison for years and years and years and years for fucking selling something that just doesn't do bad shit to people. Now, I know there's people who are going to say, oh, it's a gateway drug. Well, motherfucker, maybe. I've smoked my whole life. I've never done one line of cocaine. I've never smoked crack. I never fucking did, I never injected heroin into my body. I think people who are have a propensity to be that way are going to be that way regardless. 
Okay, and if you're going to say that marijuana is a gateway, alcohol's a fucking gateway too to a lot of bad shit. All right, so, um, and then if you take the physical effects of the product, they're far less than fucking alcohol. So to me, when I examine all the facts, um, I see a scenario where we had a society who who felt like it should be you know, morally wrong or it is morally wrong. Then we were fed a lot of propaganda. You know what I mean? What do you think of the, what's the image that pops in your head when you think of a fucking person that smokes marijuana? Uh, like a washed out hippie? Yeah, like a burnout, right? Yeah. That's just not true because I know a lot of fucking, I know a lot of big CEOs that are rich as fuck that are highly fucking effective that smoke weed every day. Okay? Fact. It's just a fact. I see it. Yeah, okay. antidepressants are, you know... Prescribed, yeah. right. So really what we've had here is we've had a scenario where the government finally woke the fuck up and realized, holy shit, dude, we could solve a lot of problems by legalizing this shit. We could put less people in prison. We could fucking make more money taxing it. We, we could add jobs. We could do all these things and create a new economy that helps fucking the country overall by not doing a lot of damage. It's a social thing. So my opinion on the cannabis industry from a moral standpoint is like, dude, it should have happened a long time ago. That's my personal opinion. Now, from an economic, I think it's the greatest fucking opportunity of our lifetime. I think it'll be the greatest. Dude, Chris and I are in the cannabis space. Um, We have manufacturing licenses, cultivation licenses. We're building out companies. We're, We're already investing. We've invested in other companies. I think it's the greatest opportunity for business in our life. That's my personal take. Now, it's not the greatest opportunity for everybody because it's a high barrier to entry, and I like the way the government's doing that. They're being strategic about how they're divvying out the licenses and who gets them and who doesn't, and they're trying to, to create. I know this just from being on the operational, to being on the end of it, of trying to get these licenses, they're trying to bring integrity to the business. They're trying to keep the local fucking weed slinger from the corner out of the game. I get that. You know what I'm saying? They're mm-hmm. trying to remove that element. And and so, um, dude, I think it's a fucking hell of an opportunity. And I think it's good. I think it, I think marijuana does a lot of good for a lot of people. Like, dude, I I know it does. I just know it does because mm-hmm. I fucking smoke it. Sal, you want to weigh in? I so now, coming, Sal's never smoked a fucking weed. Yeah, I've never smoked weed a day in my life. Yeah, <clears throat> we used to fight fight about this. Well, it's not even a fight. Like, I, actually, it's just a. It's a now. It's just a. This is how hard headed I am. It's just a personal vendetta because mm-hmm. everybody now everybody and their brothers like, oh, dude, I'll pay you ten grand. I don't. My, I'm not for sale. Right. Like I, my point is just now. What? In that regard, I've been smoking a long time. Like this ain't a fucking. I just want you to know, like. You motherfuckers, listen, this isn't something I just jumped on. <laughs> we were fighting about this when we were fucking 16. Oh, no, I mean, I, I, mine's a total, hold my beer, watch this. You know, like, but I, I mean, from the fundamental standpoint, um, if you're going to make weed illegal, alcohol should definitely be illegal. Uh, totally. You know? And the only reason the government's in it is so they can get their hands into money. It has yeah. nothing to do with a fucking, they, have, they don't give a fuck about. They don't care about your fucking health if they did. They don't give if a flying did, fuck. They wouldn't fucking allow doctors to prescribe all these fucking opiates and get all these motherfuckers hooked on shit. That's in the lined pockets of the of the government. 
and the officials, that's shame on them because now they got all these fucking pain junkies because they're making money from the fucking J&Js of the world lining their pockets, lobbying against it. Now they're lobbying against it. The lobbyist pays the fucking the politician. The politician passes the bill. People get fucked. Now they say, okay, well, we're getting our, the opiates are getting fucking banned and our money's going away. Where can we go? Yeah, what can we do? That's right. And alcohol is just kind of like accepted. You know what I mean? Like, hey, man, and listen, I f- I'm a fucking drunk. You know what I mean? I drink fucking five nights a week. So, but I, I'm also a proponent. Then you start looking at like, I don't think the government should tell you what you can and can't do in your own home. You know, if you want to fucking well, smoke crack in your own house. They, they, they can. Like, it's not okay to like molest kids in your own home. No, 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 of course. But I'm right. talking about from the, if you want to smoke weed in your house, like if you wanted to grow weed in your backyard and smoke it in your fucking house, you don't want to sell it. Like... I don't see why that's a fucking problem. I, you know, so like in that sense, in in the grand scheme of things, well, like, dude, it's all money, Sal. I would, that's my yeah. I'm I'm trying to get to that point. It, when you step back and you start looking at facts, like we were talking about earlier, you start analyzing the situation. Uh, they don't give a fuck about your health. They don't give a fuck about the uh, maybe your ability to to hedge against the antidepressant. They give a fuck about one thing and one thing only: taxation. They want to take your money. They want to take that money, and they want to make sure instead of it going to Pablo Escobar, it's going to the U.S. government fucking pocket. That's all they care about. And so, you know, to when think you, anything different is just fucking sheepish. Yeah. So I mean, like in, in in the sense, like, do I have a problem with the monetization of weed? No, I think it's a like to Anders point. It's the greatest opportunity that's probably going to pass from an exploding business in our standpoint. Um, do I think these guys who go out there and fucking bang the fucking health card and the jockey card and they're playing all it's, it's bullshit you know it I fucking know it oh yeah Dude, that's, fuck, you're smoking uh, that yeah, shit yeah. to get fucking high okay like, that's right. fucking so I agree with that yeah like all you motherfuckers out there with your medical cards you ain't fuck fooling off. us bro oh dude I got it cause of my my fucking it helps me sleep yeah so does fucking 10 Bacardi and diet so does fucking heroin I'm assuming so does fuck you know what I mean like get the fuck out of here I got a problem sleeping you know yeah so well, you get a uh, medical card bro yeah I can walk you know and it's, so there's there's and when it comes down to it's it's all personal agenda like this goes back to like the democrat republican the fuck that's why i try marketing i when i try to stay super neutral and i mean clearly i'm i don't smoke weed i never have in my entire fucking life so i could take are you saying you won't no yeah i won't i'll never smoke weed your whole life nope out of principle that way i can look that, that way i can look at my children and say you know what you don't have to well and i made the decision a conscious decision i could dude i could fucking i could have smoked weed with fucking nelly right here I don't care. You know, I'm just asking. No, but in my but that's more my for point. me, bro. <laughs> well, it was pounded in our heads as a little kid. Is you want to smoke weed? You're gonna sweep in our warehouse. That's something too. I trust my dad. But anyway, um, you know, to, to Andrew's story earlier about there's two sides to every story. I would argue that there's three. There's your side, your side, and the truth, which lies in the middle. And so, just because my personal stance is out here. And their personal stuff yeah, is over that, here. That's that's higher level thinking. No, no, understand. Yeah, like like I under, you, in the right. middle, it's like, hey, like, that's how people should think. But you, could, you should be able to differentiate your personal agenda from what the facts are. And that's that's what I was saying earlier. Like people don't have the ability to do that. You and I do that all the time because we have to do it to be effective in business. Yeah, and I, I just like to me, like I, I always this, I always relate it back to fucking sex. This is fucking weird, but that's how. I'm, if you, whatever you want to do with your husband and wife behind closed doors. Go fucking do it. If it makes you feel good, if it makes you sleep better, if you fucking both rocking and rolling, you think it's the greatest fucking thing on earth, close the motherfucking door, turn the fucking lights off, and go to fucking town. So if that's smoke weed, smoke weed. You want to get drunk? You get get to be a good boy that way. Yeah, well, (laughs) do you know what I mean? (laughs) Ain't nobody fucking, ain't nobody judging you. You know know that joke. So that's my stance. Good boy? Good boy in there? Well, Ty, thank you for the question. Oli? Oli, the good boy? Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I actually don't know enough about the issue to really yeah. say either way. Just be so on my side. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna share what, what ignorance I have about that whole issue. But um, so here's a guy. Um, you know, Vaughn didn't get the, the nickname the Impaler for nothing. <laughs> he gave it to himself. That's why he's got so many. That's why he's got oh, all these kids. Oh man, I just lost the. Oh, hold on. I, I I had the second question. There we go. Here we go. All right. So this next question is um, from JNew14, uh, Justin Newbauer. So uh, he makes a reference to Kobe, but I think, and I know we were kind of done with that section, but I think it's a really good question. So I'm going to. I'm going to ask it. So he says, I've always wondered Andy's take on this. It's pretty timely due to Kobe's passing. So Kobe was accused of rape early in his career, but ultimately, since that, has been nothing but a standout human being. I've seen many people say, um, I, I don't understand his next statement. He says, I've seen many people say, why? Pra-? Oh, he says, I, I've seen many people ask, why praise someone who was able to do something like that? He wasn't able to do something like that. It was proven that he didn't do it. Right. So that's the first point. But so he says, in addition, my timeline was flooded a month ago with hate about Michael Vick being a captain at the Pro Bowl from his, because of his past. What's your guys' take on all that? If you make a horrible decision early in life or your career, does that condemn you for the rest of your life, regardless of how no, much good you do afterwards? No, that's fucking society, bro. Nobody can even do something that's even fucking... Dude, Kobe was an adulterer. He had a side girlfriend, okay? That side girlfriend, that situation came to a head. When that sh- This is the fucking facts. This is what came out in court. The side girlfriend, when she realized she wasn't going to be the main girlfriend, decided to tell people that, he was, that she was raped. Okay, this is a whole nother discussion. There should be fucking legal ramifications for people to accuse people of rape when they find that it was not true. Okay, those motherfuckers that make those accusations should go to fucking jail because it's too easy right now for a man to be accused of that shit and it not be true. And then this motherfucker's dead now. People are still talking about it. That's fucking bullshit. When it was proven in a court of law to not be true. You know what I'm saying? So the facts of the scenario are, dude, he settled with her. That does not make him guilty. When you have a lot of money, sometimes people pay people to shut the fuck up. And that's reality. That's what happens. Okay? That's our legal system. That's the fault of our legal system. I personally believe that if you do some fucked up shit and you own it, like you said earlier, where he came out and you know how hard it was for him to stand and... And go through all that and sit there and say... His wife watching. Yeah, dude. And then to have to admit, like, well, listen, I had a side bitch, okay? And fucking, they blew up in my fucking face. That's embarrassing as fuck, right? Mm -hmm. But he didn't fucking rape her. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So how many of these dudes out there fucking accusing him are out there doing the same shit? A lot. Statistically proven, 60% of the people. 60% of the people. Who are jumping on the bandwagon saying, fuck him. Uh, they're doing the same shit. That's the truth. Okay. So what was the other example? Well, he just, he Michael was, Vick. Oh, yeah, the Michael, Michael Vick, Vick thing. Yeah. You know what? My person. Okay. This is a good example of how people should think. I think it's, f- dude, I'm the biggest fucking animal person on the face of the fucking planet when it comes to dogs. I love dogs. I don't even have kids because I love dogs so much. Dude, that shit is fucked up. Like, to let, to let, like, dude, I was watching, I was trying to watch that documentary, Don't Fuck With Cats, 
and they got to Tyler knows this because we just talked about it yesterday. They got to the point where they were about like they were showing the video of that guy gonna kill these cats, and I thought they were gonna show. I turn it off. I can't watch that shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes me fucking sick. Animals are innocent. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so absolutely. like I look at it different. So my personal feeling is that Michael Vick, what he did is in fucking excusable. It's inexcusable. But then I'm able to sit back and I step back and I say, okay, where did this come from? Well, when he was raised, that's that was considered normal for what they did. You know, in that culture where he comes from and what they do, that is not an, uh, that is not an abnormal thing. So at what point is the person a product of their environment and not recognizing what they're doing is actually wrong? I don't know the answer to that, but what I do know is that the motherfucker went to jail in the middle of his career. His career never really recovered, okay? And he paid his fucking price. And I personally think when we're talking about celebrating someone on a professional level, like he got named captain of the Pro Bowl team or whatever, I I think, personally, I think what he did was fucking the most disgusting thing a human could really do or one of the most. But I think he paid his price. And I think at some point we've got to be able to say people deserve to to pay their whatever it is that they did to pay atone for their sins, so to speak, mm-hmm. and move the fuck on. And we have a problem with that in society right now because we let our personal beliefs keep us with in the pitchfork and the torch crowd wanting to fucking you know, ruin people. And I don't think that's okay. So, you know, that's how I feel about it. I feel like if people own their shit and they pay the price for what they did wrong, which in both scenarios, I believe they did. So that's, that's what I think. In my experience, and this is certainly true of the history of, of the church as, as I've studied it, is that the people who were total screw-ups and did really bad things but then got on the right path ended up being more of a force for good than the people who were goody-two-shoes all along. Well, well let so me ask I, you this. Yeah. So d- doesn't the Bible preach about not judging? Yes or no? Yeah. Doesn't it teach about forgiving? Absolutely. You know what? Redemption. Some, the whole story is listen, redemption. Bro, sometimes it's really fucking hard to forgive people. It is. Just like I got a motherfucker who stabbed me in the fucking face and almost killed me. I forgive right. that dude. Right. I'm not judging that dude. I hope that dude's living a really good life. Right. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. Well, and I, like, dude, that takes a lot of fucking strength for anybody. Like, dude, it takes a lot of strength for people to look at Michael Vick and say, you know what? He paid his price. Even though I feel a certain way about this scenario, I have to accept the fact of the matter is that he was dealt this punishment. He served that punishment. I think we allow somebody like that to move on. I, that's my personal feeling. Oh, absolutely. And I'd be I, interested to hear what he thinks. Yeah, what do you think, though? I, I mean, for me personally, um, you know, when I started living like a true life of forgiveness in a sense, um, it's going to sound really Bible thumper of me, but, you know, I, I really did feel uh, my life got insurmountably better. And the reason I say that is because, you know, I've learned to, to try to erase negativity from my brain because negative thoughts steal a lot of your energy. And when I started to really like start to see things, kind of how Andrew was stating him, like, you know, Michael Vick grew up in that environment. So for me to judge him for growing up in that environment, it's not fair to him. Did he do what he did? Was it wrong? Absolutely. It was a million percent wrong. Um, however, 
you know, my ability to forgive has taught me to release that out of my brain so that I have the ability to move on, you know, not dwell on it and not think about it and not like when people do me wrong, like I know they do me wrong and I know I could like get in a little bickering match back and forth with them, but that's not my place. Like it's, it's my job to move on, forgive them for that portion of it and fucking step outside and keep moving, you know? And so like, you know, look at Kobe, like he, he, he paid his price. You know, he yeah. had to, you know, he paid his price when he walked back in that bedroom with his wife. Oh yeah. And he had to figure that out. And I'm sure that relationship was never the same. And and she had to forgive him, right? And that's part of that process is being able to being able to forgive because, you know, what what's the he how's the quote go about throwing stones? Oh, let he who is sinless cast the first stone. Okay, that's a good fucking place to start, yeah. you know? Yeah. I no, agree I, with that. I think if people live by that, we'd have a much better world. People yeah. have forgotten that, bro. They you know, like people think that they can hide in the crowd, right? But like, you know, God sees your fucking DMs. God sees your texts. God sees your 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 behaviors. You're not hiding, bro. Right. Like that's what people think. I'm gonna join this because I want. I'm fucking for this. Well, all the other things that you do wrong, there's judgment for those things. So I believe that. Like I I'm I'm a no, spiritual I, dude. I, that's my belief. Karma is real. I uh, I agree. I listen every day of my life, and every time I go to church, there's a phrase that I pray, which is. Uh, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. The whole point for me is I don't know how people can just like refuse to forgive people or refuse to give people a sense of mercy or grace. Because to me, I can only speak for myself. I've screwed up so many times and I've received so much goodness from God in spite of that. How can I not give it to somebody else? Totally agree. That, you now, know? Hold on, dude. Let me let me hit on that too for a second. Yeah. Dude. Everything good in life is the result of something hard. Mm-hmm. You know, forgiving people who do really fucked up shit, guess what? Sometimes it's really hard. You don't have forgiving people does not mean that you don't care. It means knowing what they did and recognizing the gravity of what they did and still forgiving them. That's fucking Christ-like. Absolutely. Okay. People don't think it's that not way. minimizing it. That, it's not no, saying, it's oh, not. it's not a big deal. You're overcoming something, and that's important. It's yeah. important thing for people to think about. Well, and yeah, just because you absolutely like the forgive and forget model, those are two different things. You know, forgiveness in your heart and being able to move on is different than acting like it never happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so, for me, I think specifically in you know business relationships or in life, like I'm able to check down those mistakes a lot easier now uh, as I've matured as an adult than I used to because I used to hang it over their head and like you know I'm going to use this against you as a pawn and a chip and instead I then I would I now I choose to forgive and move on versus and and not utilize that relationship anymore than I do to hold it over their fucking head and and slander them if you will yeah yeah but also too like you know I don't think forget is what you're supposed to do no right (laughs) I think it's I think it's forgive and remember and then be smart about recognizing the pattern starts to repeat and be aware of that. Correct. Well, the, the, That's how the, I feel. The example I always use is if, if, if an extended member of my family uh, uh, molested one of my girls, I could come to a point where I would forgive that person, but they would never be around my girls again. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. That, that, that doesn't mean I that's don't a forgive logical, them. That's a logical, smart decision. Right. 
and people mistake like forgiveness is bearing no ill will to somebody. It's saying it's saying I don't hope you die or I don't hope you have See, a I miserable there's life. Situ- there's situations that where I'm not Christ-like because that's something that, that yeah. Well, hey, listen, bro. But I, Sal, I would need I that, would need God's grace is, to do but that. See, but see, that is being a human. Right. You understand? You're not supposed to be fucking perfect. Sometimes you're gonna do you're gonna feel things and do things and be infuriated by things that you're you're gonna have a really fucking hard time with. And sometimes it's impossible to forgive people for things. I personally agree with what you said because if someone were to do that to your kids, I would fucking kill them. I would I, it would be worth prison for me. Well, and I, you I think, understand? Yeah, well, you understand mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it would be worth the prison for me. Like so I would say, I can identify with that yes, emotion for and sure. And I would say, okay, well now I got to kill this motherfucker, and I would know what I have to do to get right with God about that. Like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, and I, I think for me, when you cross me, I have a much greater deal of forgiveness against me personally than I do against those closest to me. Oh, I yeah, I'm. I'm it's very 100%. hard for me. Like I yeah. can like things like that's human. No, yeah. I know, but like in me, like you can you can kind of cross me, and I'm like, you know what, right, it is don't what hurt it my is. Kids. Yeah, I'm no, the well, same or way. one of my yeah. guys, or like yeah, yeah. I'm very loyal in that fucking yeah. sense. Don't fuck with me. You can fuck with me. Don't fuck with my people. Right. No, I hear I hear you. But that's human. But human th- is struggling with situations like this. Absolutely, but- especially with forgiveness of self, dude. I was thinking this the other day. I don't remember how it got in my brain, but like, you know. <clears throat> When you have someone, okay, like you, Sal, or like me, who are inherently very demanding about people's standards, especially in certain situations like business. Like, dude, I don't fucking ask for people to be perfect. I expect them to be perfect. It's not a fucking ask. It's a, it's a requirement to be around me, okay? Sometimes, guess what? Most of the time, what are they? They're not, not perfect. They're not perfect. I also understand that, all right? But- what I'm saying is, is that when you look at yourself, like a lot of people think, oh, dude, you guys are just fucking, you're, you, you have unreasonable standards. For, no, the reason that we have those standards on others is because the standards that we hold for ourselves are actually way fucking higher. You know what I mean? So when you don't, when, dude, look, I'll just be real. I didn't figure this out until recently. You know, one of the reasons I've struggled with being down is because, dude, I fucking think I'm a piece of shit because my standards are so fucking high that, like, dude, it would be impossible to live to them. Impossible. And I was talking to one of my friends, Aaron Wagner, who's a very, very smart, successful man, a guy I respect a lot, good friend, great friend, okay? Um, And we were talking about it, and the truth is, is, like, that's also part of being a human is figuring out how to be imperfect but also not to destroy yourself because you are. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I was just telling somebody the other day that um, the the account of God creating humankind is very insightful, like in the book of Genesis, where he, he takes dust from the, from the ground, and he forms it into human being, and then he breathes in it, into it the breath of life, which is the, the Hebrew word. It sounds like a Klingon word. It's ruach. It's, it's the spirit of God. And to me, that's the perfect thing we need to remember, that... We are given the spirit of God as human beings. We have huge potential. We can do everything we put our minds to. But at the end of the day, we're also dust. We're also made from the ground. We're also finite. So it's holding that tension of who we are as human beings, that we're capable of so much, but we are, after all, just human. And it's it's a basis of humility. Like, the spirit part of it, 
gives us a little sense of swag. But we have to remember that we're dirt. It's like that that uh, well, that, what is it? The Kansas song that you keep bro, on. Bro, it's like I've been in the wind, for right? Years. It's hard as fuck to be humble when you're actually good at shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Like being humble when you're a normal motherfucker walking around the face of the earth. That ain't nothing to brag about. Like what the fuck have you done? Right. What have you done to be humble about? You got to be good before you can be fucking humble. Right. That's what people don't understand. And dude. Another thing, I want to hit on this since we're on this fucking talk of, of spirituality. Um, why is it that these people will DM me or you or other people and say, I can't believe that you um, believe in God and you use the word fuck. Or I can't <laughs> believe that, you know, you, uh, you, you say you're spiritual, but, you know, you also like naked women. <laughs> like, dude, what the fuck are you guys talking about? First of all, motherfucker, if I remember correctly, in the Ten Commandments, one of them is, thou shall not what? Judge. You know what I'm saying? Like, people are so ignorant of their own hypocrisy. That's a commandment. That's not one of the Ten Commandments. But it's one of them. Oh, is it not? Yeah, it's it's see, it's in the Bible, but it's okay. not one well, of the Okay, well, see, I don't know. Yeah. I, that's why you're here, no, bro. They, they, Look, I don't know all the hey, ins and outs. It's it's cool. But, but it's, it's in it, there. I take it as a pretty strong fucking suggestion. Like, yeah. And you know what? Um, That's that's another thing that's hard. It's right. hard not to judge motherfuckers. Right. Right? But, dude, again. But, like, it's weird to me that in Christian culture, what people... Th- like, how often they fucking judge other motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Like, this goes against the foundation of your fucking beliefs. Well, it's, it, what's kind of crazy is that it's it's usually two extremes. It's either people who... See, because I don't think people really understand even what it's meant by don't judge. Because, for one thing, it's clearly not saying that we can't ever evaluate someone's actions. I mean... It's we, not possible not to judge. Yeah. It's, it's, not, you're, it's you're, not possible. It, but that's not what Jesus means. But that's he's not, the part, he's not again, saying that we can't evaluate people's uh, actions. What Jesus says is, judge not lest you be judged. Meaning, you better be really careful pointing a finger at somebody else. Because... There's another million sayings It's like going to come like around the, the, If you live you. in a glass house, don't throw rocks. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, that's Same essentially thing. what he's saying. He's, yeah. It's the it, again. You have the you have the extremes. You have the people who are always going around telling other condemning other people for the way they live, yeah. and they're not looking at their own lives. And the and the you know like the 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 word picture that Jesus uses is that there are people who walk around trying to take a little speck out of people uh, people's eyes when they've got a plank in their own Bro. eye, and that's that's what he's saying. Don't do that. But then the other aspect of that, the other extreme, is people who, who like, for instance, if you were to evaluate somebody, like, and say literally, hey, there are ways that you need to improve their your life, then they say, oh, don't judge me. Well, they're wrong too, because it's okay to call people to account. It's okay to say to people, hey, listen, the way you're living maybe needs a little bit of improvement. Okay, it's just the spirit in which we do that. That's a great point. Right? You know. That's what's funny is that I feel like sometimes unsuccessful people accuse uh, successful people of judging them simply because the successful people might say, "Well, listen, if you want to be if you want to be where I'm at, you got to work." Oh, you're just judging me. Yeah, you you're just judging me. me. You think you less, think less you of me? Think no, better. I'm not. I'm just telling you how things are. I'm speaking to the people who want that life. Right. If you don't want it, cool. Right. I don't care. You know what? Most of my fucking friends. Most of my friends are in a completely different economic fucking bracket than I'm in. True or false? True. Most of my friends, okay? 
Do I fucking judge them? Do you think I judge my fucking friends that don't make as much money as me? I don't give a fuck. They're my friends. But ironically, when you drive your Bentley into the gas station, you get flipped off. Why? Because that person is judging you. Right, let's he doesn't that, drive a Bentley. I don't drive a Bentley because it ain't baller enough for <laughs> oh, me. Oh, okay. Sorry. All right. Well, so let's well, fucking, what if we're going we're gonna to judge my standards, okay, so what is judge it? them accurately. Okay, what is it? What, what, what did you take me to the Royce. emergency room in? That's a Rolls Royce. That's a Rolls Royce. Okay. Completely different cars, so, <laughs> different level of balderdom. By the way, if you have to go to the emergency room, I recommend being taken in a Rolls Royce. Yes. To quote Ferris Bueller, it's so choice. I highly recommend it. But, um, but no, but the point is, is that- poupon for Vaughn in the car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but the, the point being, people- when they flip you off for that, ironically, that's them judging you. That's them saying, you must think you're better than I am. That's right. Because you're driving no, a, a Rolls Royce. I just like Royce. cool shit, bro. Yeah. Do you really exactly. get flipped off in that car? Almost every time I drive it. Yeah. I would, really? It happened yeah. when I was with him. Yeah, he was with yeah. He had somebody pull. He saw We got on a camera. Lady pulled up and fucking yelled and screamed at me. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, why? it happens all the time. Because, dude, it's here's why. Because when people see a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or a fucking cool Porsche, they think, oh, that's cool. When they see a fucking Rolls Royce, they think that guy's fucking, that guy's got to be a dick. Yeah. That, it's a selfish car, they think. God, that's, yeah. But they don't realize, if you ever drove a Rolls Royce, you'd fucking get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the time that you got flipped off, though, was in the TDF. No, it was in the Carrera GT. Carrera? Okay. But yeah. that, but that what, what, what you saw happen, that happens all the time in the Rolls. Yeah. None of the other, like, it's very, I've never actually had it happen in any other car but the rules. This is kind of goes back to the forgiveness thing for me, though. Like, in my brain, I've learned, uh, I, dude, when I, if I get hate, I, I literally don't even, I don't even let it in. It doesn't even bother me. Yeah, like, I don't, but I've learned, like, it's been one of my strengths is, like, I don't listen to the noise. You don't let the noise bother me. I don't care. But I've also learned that I, that doesn't that means I can't bring the noise. Right. I don't cast on people. They can do whatever fuck they want. And that's what I've learned about life. Like, you go make whatever fucking decision you want to make for yourself. It's your life. You can do whatever you want with it. This is my life. I'm gonna do whatever I want to do with it. Well, Andy, you mentioned you mentioned that there's strength in forgiveness, and I a quote that I've always loved is is uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s quote: uh, "I will hate. I will hate no man. I will not give him that power over me." Yeah. And I think that's a that's a great way to add, uh, an attitude to have about it because like if you're really enslaved to hate or unforgiveness, that's exactly what you are. You're enslaved. Well, then you start you've thinking got, about it. He's, somebody, yeah, he's you, got power over your brain. You're right. figuring out how to get him back. You're just to seething do. about learned, it. Like, yeah. You know what, man? I don't. That's why I was telling Andrew the other day I got to get back to swimming because like swimming has allowed me to process a lot of things because it's mm-hmm. just me, and I get to talk to myself like in a crazy way, you know. And yeah. so today today's crazy thought this morning when I was swimming, I started thinking about. You know, this is about living right. Like, what happens if you come back? And I know, you know, whatever. If you come back and you're the person that you did the most wrong to, like the most <laughs> ill will decision that you made against somebody, you got to go live that decision. And you start to think about. I know, and you start. Then you start thinking about in the pool, man. You start thinking about every, you know, like everything you've done. You're like, oh man, I got to start thinking this way. I got to every fucking decision in life. I got to make start living towards that way because now that I think it, because to your point about believing it, now maybe it's a reality. You know, now I got to fucking, I got to up my goddamn game. I know what? that's crazy talking. People are like, man, you, what the fuck is wrong? No, no, no. You, you don't even smoke no, no, weed, no. you think that? <laughs> no, no. I think that's fucking actually really intelligent way to think because if you could actually take other people's perspective into, into account before you make a decision that's going to affect them, I think you make better decisions. Of course. Yeah. 
That's why I believe a good business deal is one that's good for the customer and it's good for the other two parties involved. Come on, motherfucker. I've seen you negotiate with kids in Mexico for chiclets for free. <laughs> that's a good deal for them. <laughs> hey, you didn't mind that? Listen, I got, I got 20 grand off the gym. Let's look, see, I got look, a couple look, hundred look, grand off look, the furniture. Yeah, I will say this. You do, you're a great negotiator. And I'm teasing. What Sal does in Mexico, actually, because people are going to be like, oh, this fucking dick move. The truth is, is what he does is he negotiates with the kids real fucking hard to the point where they're like ready to give them the, the chiclets for free. And then he pays them the real price. Anyway. That's awesome. And then he teaches them. It's a lesson. It's a little yeah. lesson. So no, I'm teasing. Good. But it, it, no, that's, that's, that's one of my favorite things to go to Mexico when we go to Mexico and talk to like the local people that are working the shops and stuff. Because they always, you know, it's a deal. It's like, you're going to make the deal. Dude, everybody wants to win the yeah, deal. Yeah, But what, what I think is cool, both of us have done this a million times, is we'll negotiate the deal with those guys and then we'll pay what they asked the first time. So it's like, it's 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 fun. Nice. And they're always like super appreciative. Like, it, I don't know. It's one of my favorite things about awesome. going to Mexico. That is awesome. So, um, I'm going to stop. Yeah. I was going to wrap I'll negotiate with the motherfuckers I was, gonna wrap, Haiti, I was just going to wrap it up. Pretty much. Yeah, no. Um, okay, I will do that. Uh, I was going to do, uh, he he mentioned maybe wanting to do predictions for the Super Bowl, but when this posts, this will be after, so we'll have to say, these are our predictions. We don't know if they came true, but, you know, although will that be weird? Find out the line. The what? The line. I'm the same way. I've I had like Chiefs minus one thirty nine plus What does that even mean? I've ne- I've never been able to figure out that whole the way that that works. Chiefs are getting a point. Okay. So plus one is Okay. Minus one is you're giving a point. Okay. I mean, dude, <coughs> Kansas City's defense is not good. Yeah. They can get run all over. Good score. <laughs> they keep Patrick Mahomes off the field and they run. Could be a long night for the Chiefs. So, uh, okay, so I, I was going to just uh, wrap it up by saying, uh, here, I'll, yeah, I'm going to do all right, guys. Well, just so you know, I uh, when I put out that call for questions, I got a ton of questions. So at some point, uh, we're gonna probably have to do a whole episode of questions because I think oh, our dude, audi- let's just work them in like we did. That was fun. Okay. Yeah. Well, we could do that. But what, uh, do we get any more? Or are we moving on? How, uh, what are we doing on time? I, we're we've we've been going for a while. I know you mentioned wanting to do about uh, an hour forty. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I I know you mentioned wanting to do uh, some predictions at the time of this, the posting of this episode, the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl will, be will have already. Yes. Happened. So your prediction is? Oh, I'm going last, Mo. Oh, you go. Okay. Last. Well, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say that the Chiefs, and I don't like to bet on the Chiefs. I have to say, I've been very cynical. I, with the fact that they won the AFC Championship was just a miracle to me, because um, I always the say, "Fuck, have you been watching all year, bro?" Well, yeah, but I, yeah, but there were years that there were years that the Chiefs oh, were really ju- good. Dude, you can't judge somebody on their last year's know, performance the year before. Hey, listen, I'm not. I'm glad I was wrong. I was glad I was wrong. But I am going to bet on the Chiefs, and I'm going to say that they're going to win 27-24. Uh, 27-24. I, okay, 
I think that I think the 49ers are a better football team. I do. They're better. They're defensive. They're they're a better defensive football team. I think if if Richard Sherman can play lockdown corner, which he's capable of doing, I think it it uh, it dismantles the ability for Patrick Mahomes to do what he does best, which is stretch the over the top and dump to Kelsey. Um, fuck, man. But I I have to say, being being in Chiefs Nation now, like part of the deal, like my heart's got to go with the Chiefs. I mean, I, I just want them to win because I think it's. That place is Kansas City, the Kansas City tailgate, the Kansas no, it's City awesome. fans. It's fucking yeah. dude. It's real America. Yeah. This is I was telling somebody this yesterday, the other day. You know what I love about Kansas City Chiefs is when you go to the tailgate, it's white, it's black, it's 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 Mexicans, it's, it's, it's fucking it's fucking fandom, right? You know what I mean? And it's drinking beer and barbecue, and, and no one gives a fuck. Nobody about gives a fuck. Bullshit. They give a yeah. fuck about the Chiefs, yeah. and they fly the flag high. And you're walking mm-hmm. through the tailgates, man, and like to me. That's that's what fucking life's about. That's what sports about. That's what America's about. It's supposed yeah. to be. And so I'm gonna say, what did you say? I said 27-24 Chiefs. That's a pretty good fucking predictor there, Vaughn. 27-24 Chiefs. I'm gonna say it's gonna be higher than that. I'm gonna say 35-31 Chiefs. Okay. I'm gonna say they they can't keep they can't keep fucking Tyreek Hill down. All right. 35-31 Chiefs. Okay. Uh, by the way, and I'll take the over before uh, before Andy shares his uh, prediction. Oh, we got Tyler got to go too. Yo, with Tyler's got to do it too. Jump yeah. in and say Tom Brady's going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, I right. am going with my former Patriot. <laughs> no, no, I, uh, <laughs> it is I, an option. <laughs> I, I did. I did want to say something. I found very intriguing when the Rams got sold and moved back to Los Angeles. There were a number of people here in St. Louis who said, hey, "You know what." I've always wanted to root for the Chiefs. Now I'm one I can, of those people. Now, now I can root for the Chiefs because I always felt bad rooting for the Chiefs uh, because the Rams were here. But now that the Rams are gone, I could just root for the Chiefs. Too. Yeah, Chiefs. I've always just liked the Chiefs. I, you know what? You know? I, I didn't like the Chiefs when I was living in Springfield, Missouri. I didn't like the Chiefs because for some reason the Chiefs fans in Springfield were always just dicks. Kind of like Cubs fans. They acted like Cubs fans. And if you're in Springfield and you're a Chiefs fan, be a real fucking fan. Don't be a dick. Yeah, were they the kind of people? That, story, don't be a dick. Yeah. Were, were they the kind of people like when their team lost, they just said, "Well, no, dude." Like they were just when they lost, it was like you know. Well, they were terrible then too. No, they were always. I don't know. They're, just, they're always like a five hundred football team. I don't know. Maybe yeah, those, those maybe, guys. Those guys who when their team maybe loses, it's just the fact that I wasn't a Chiefs fan. Yeah. I was a little bit jealous <laughs> well, that I wasn't. I don't know. Possible, but I like them now. It is what it is. I will say I did go to a Chiefs game in early 2000s when they play the Raiders and I wore Raiders shit. Okay, and that that's was fun. funny. That's, they were that's cool great. too. The Chief, the fans at the stadium, I thought they were gonna fucking be total assholes. That's it was funny. fun shit talking. There was nobody over yeah. the line, and uh, I really like I I I really do like the culture of that team. It's just they're good people, man. And if you're one of those people in Springfield. You know, be nice. <laughs> anyway, what's your prediction, bro? I, uh, Tom Brady. I figured that's what. <laughs> well, it before is. you go though, I want to do Patrick Mahomes. This goes back to the. Bro, to I the, got it broke down. He, dude, he is he's a fucking stud, man. The guy's good looking. He's nice. He's charismatic. All the things you're yeah. talking about earlier. He can run it. He can throw it. He, can, dude, he's the the comeback kid. No fear. Got balls of steel. I think he'll pull it off. I don't think there's any question. I don't think there's any question that he's, they're going to win. I think they're going to win by a lot. I you think, think so? I think they're going to they're, – they're, I think San Francisco's score will be 24-ish, and I think the, the Chiefs' score will be 42-ish. You okay. think it's just time? 
No, you, they're, no. They're due. Fuck no. Well, yeah, I do think that, but that's yeah. not why I think that. I'm, yeah. I'm a strategic thinker. Yeah. You said about Sherman. Well, dude, the Chiefs have a lot more weapons than just fucking Tyreek Hill, okay? And if they can open up the offense and create space, it Mahomes is too dangerous and they can't stop it. So the minute the minute they start covering the over the top, it's going to create space. He's going to make plays on his feet. They're going to have to come up and watch the box. It it's going to it's going to open up the top. They're going to they're dude. They're too dynamic. They're too fucking fast. They're too athletic. And as long as they play the games that they've been playing, and come out, you know, because like dude, they got a scare in the NFC Championship game. I mean, that was fucking scary. I was there. Yeah, it was awesome, but. But dude, I'm just saying, like, if they come out hungry and they come and Andy Reid has them ready to play, there's no fucking way San Francisco could beat them. There's no way. I'm going with I San just, Francisco. Yeah. Okay. 31-24. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, that San Francisco <laughs> no, defense. That's is not tough. your fucking prediction because you just waited to see what I I asked you first. No, and you, you, you interrupted me. No, I said Tom Brady, but <laughs> I was going with my boy, my the guy who was trained by Tom Brady. So, dude, in a way, that guy, I'll tell you what. That guy has, I guarantee, has no problems getting laid. That is one good-looking dude. <laughs> Who's that? You don't the bring your Garoppolo, girl around him. Garoppolo, yeah. whatever his name is. I don't know, but some bitch is good. You go in that dude's comments on IG, and it's like, fuck. He's good. He's Dude, He's he's got to be a slinger, man. What'd you leave on his page? <laughs> <laughs> go on his comments. <laughs> this is the battle Tyler of the two best-looking the quarterbacks. <laughs> them, them, them dudes, neither one but, of them dudes are struggling. They're fucking pimps. Yeah. But, dude, here's what I'll say. Like, I for real, I and I'm not saying this because I'm a fan. I I am a fan, but I'm. this has been a, the constant theme of the show. When I break down what I know about football, which I know a little bit. I don't, I'm not a fucking professional sportscaster. It's going to be really, to me, in my mind, I don't see how the fuck they're going to stop them. Oh, dude, it's going to be a great fucking game. I mean, I, here, maybe San Francisco is a better, well-rounded team. Better what? What's better? I'm more, they're a more solid team, meaning they play a better defense. They have a better offensive set. The top-line talent of the Chiefs, it's, it's like the 99 Rams. It's, the, the Chiefs' defense is not fucking good. Their offense is going to have to outscore them. I'm not taking the over. This will be really interesting for everybody listening to this, knowing, yeah, knowing yeah, that, yeah. Knowing that it's fun. after the fuck. Yeah. They're going to be like, you guys suck watch, it like, <laughs> watch it be like 14-10. But that's how Super Bowls usually go, right? Like, to totally so fucking unpredictable, know, man. man. I, look, I'm, I'm sticking with my fucking story. It's going to be a 20-point difference plus. Well, nice. One of us will be correct. I think yes. it's going to be 20s. The, the the fucking Niners will be in the 20s and Chiefs will be in the 40s or 50s. That's what I think. Mm. So, anyway. I'm excited to drink a beer and fucking watch it. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. so I'm excited to drink a beer and watch it. I'm excited to drink a beer and watch this fucking Netflix show that you talked about for two and a half hours the final today. segment. That's good, man. What is the final segment? You'll, you'll binge watch it for sure. Oh, well, it's Dumbest Motherfucker in All the Land. Oh, dude, my favorite part of the show. Yeah, so you guys have probably heard of the penis man, right? Dave. Dave. The penis man. <laughs> he was recently arrested out in Arizona. The penis man. The penis man. Yeah. So SWAT uh, recently kicked in his apartment door and arrested him for uh, vandalizing, you know, universities and public areas by writing the words penis man all over. And upon getting arrested, he actually said he's a copycat. He's not the original penis man. He's like, penis man is not a guy or a girl. We are all penis men. Penis man is a movement. <laughs> it's a cult. <laughs> he is the leader, Vaughn. That's the movement you can join. You know what? Those guys are nuts. Those penis <laughs> man guys. 
I got you, Yvonne. Ah, uh, dude, you know what? That was so daddish. It kind of went over my head for a minute. Andy, what's a word you would write? If you had to start this kind of movement, writing graffiti, what's what's the uh, crude words you would put what, up has, on there? Does it have to be crude? I know it would be just because no, I know dude, you. dude, I'd be writing I am first form everywhere. Nice. I like it. Okay, vandalism yeah. associated with the first form? No, yeah, well... I We're going to hey. have a huge graffiti wall in the back of the new gym, yeah. and it's going to say I am first form. All right, all right, all right. At, at 200 For, for real, what would I say? Yes. Has to be vulgar. I, I'm just saying. I assumed that it was going to be vulgar. Just why know, would you assume that? Because it's nature. You judged him. Yes, I'm not God. I, I certainly wouldn't fucking write penis man. <laughs> okay, I'm just playing along. So like, you write right, ass man. Ass man. Ass man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Howard Stern's already ass man. I think he's a character. He's got a character called. I think ass that man. was in Seinfeld way back in the day. I, I there was am a whole episode I am about an ass that. man, so I can I can be a part of that. You can yeah. join the movement. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, look, dude, you guys are losing steam here because you're being pussies. What the <laughs> no, fuck would you I'm write? just being a good Christian. Oh, they didn't ask me; they asked you, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not subscribed to <laughs> the Andy Graham, um, in all seriousness, uh, those who are not subscribed to Andy's uh, blog should subscribe. I believe it's just andyforsella.com forward slash sign up. I think, or it might be subscribe. I guess I should know that, but I just don't. Do we know? Does anybody in this room know that? Madat, do you know it? How do you sign up for your for your uh, Andy Graham? You just go to it. You oh, go just, to go to the Andy Graham on the website. And okay. click on it, and it'll ask me. Okay, up. yeah, you just go to it. Good deal. Okay, it's cool though. I'm putting out you know a daily blog every single you day. You are. It's two to three minutes, four minutes read. It, it's just a little bit of a tip, um, you know, to get your day started off in the right way. It comes in the morning, you get to look at it. Just a tip. Yeah, just a tip, and uh, get you get you going off on the right direction. By the end of the day, you'll be a professional ass eater. <laughs> oh my! All right, final word, Sal. I actually have a course coming out. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> For nine hundred ninety nine dollars. That's right. right nine hundred ninety seven. Yeah, no, no, it was fourteen thousand dollars, but I discounted it today only. To nine hundred and ninety-seven dollars. Nice. Well, we established early on though that nine hundred dollars is too much for the foot fetish. That's true. Yeah, but not for the ass fetish. Not for the ass fetish. Yeah. The extra ninety bucks is worth it. Now, I mean, lesson for the day is you know I, I don't worry about how much talent you have. Worry about maximize. Worry about maximizing that talent. And I think if Kobe Bryant taught us anything is you don't have to be the biggest, you don't have to be the tallest, you don't have to be the strongest, you don't have to be the fastest. You just have to be the mo- you have to be aware enough of what your weaknesses are and be able to be able to correct those through action and work. And if you can correct your weaknesses, you can live the life that you want to live. You can be remembered for the things that you want to be remembered for, but it comes with a fucking price that needs to be paid. Hmm. I think that's great advice, but my takeaway is something completely different. My takeaway is this. Don't be a turd, man. Like, realize your own imperfections and your and and try not to jump on people who do wrong. And instead, stop and think, why do I feel this way? Did this person actually do these things? Did they not do these things? Do they stand for these things? Do they not? Am I receiving the truth? Is my perception the truth or is it my own bias? I think a lot of problems in the world could be solved by a little bit of self-examination and a little bit of fucking humor, okay? We're not supposed to be perfect humans. We're not supposed to be perfect in every single way. We are perfect, we are perfect, and that requires us to understand that comes with the flaws that we have as well. And so when you do wrong or other people do wrong, own it, 
and extend people the same courtesy that you wish you would have if you were the person that you're trying to jump on that bandwagon to destroy. I think the world would be a lot better place if people would just take a minute, stop and think. You, When you said, Vaughn, earlier, you said um, about throwing the stones in the, in the glass house thing. Uh or what was it? What was the quote you said about the judge? What uh, was the quote? Let he who is sinless cast the first stone. That's right. And so remember that when you fucking cast your stones at people, that people are going to cast their stones at you at some point in time. So when you jump on the latest trend to villainize someone or destroy someone or hurt someone because you think they did wrong, realize that your time is going to come with that. And for every fucking instance that you do that, you're going to get that back. I believe that. This is why I don't talk shit. I want to talk shit. I want to expose a lot of the people out there and say all these things that I personally think. But the truth of the matter is, I don't actually know. I don't know. That's the truth. So before you open your mouth and you throw some rocks and you try to hurt people, remember, they're going to fucking hurt you back if you do. Not them. Someone else will. Well said. Thanks, guys. And guys, thanks for... What's your final thought? Oh, my final thought? Um, well, you surprised me. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't ready for People a People want to hear what the, the, the Jean-Claude Van Damme has You know to what? Say. I, uh, I just go back to um, what we said earlier with the issue of forgiveness. I think that people who have a really healthy sense that they themselves have received a lot of really good things in life that they don't deserve... Um, They've received a lot of breaks that they didn't earn. Um, I'm one of those people. I've I've done things that I should have suffered the consequences for, but God in His grace and mercy said, no, nope, I'm, I'm going to kind of protect him from this a little bit, and I'm going to give him something he didn't deserve. And my life has been so absolutely full of things, good things, that I... I just, I, you know, if I... Literally, if I stopped getting good things from now to the rest of my life, I would still have... Tons of reasons to express my thanks and my gratitude to God. So, because He has acted that way toward me, I just, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm bound. I'm obligated to try to extend that grace and that mercy to other people. I think that's, that's where great, I'm at. Man. It's a great piece of advice. Yeah, it's great. All right, guys, we appreciate the feedback. We appreciate the love. If you liked the show, if you thought it was entertaining, if you had a laugh, if it made you think, if you learned some stuff. Please share it. We don't run ads for the show. We don't ask. Uh, you know, we don't ask for money. We don't. We do this because we're trying to bring some value and have a little bit of fun too. So, uh, you know, do your part. Pay the fee. Give us a little sherry share, a little like you like, and uh, we'll catch you next time.